who's Naomi? And then they're like, yeah. oh, Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer, keep up. He's like, I was walking around the jungle barefoot. I hurt my feet. Who's Naomi? I killed a man. <laughs> Naomi. Who's Naomi? I killed a man. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode, since Ben is revealed to have had a pet rabbit and maybe still has a pet rabbit, as seen in 304 Every Man for Himself, we're going to talk about our pets. I have a pet. His name is Daly. He is a Yorkie Poo dog, and he uh, is not even one year old. He is just a little baby. Oh, little, little baby. Just, just, little. just a noob. Yeah. A noob to the world. My name is Casey Wall. I'm a 25-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and making astrological charts for fictional characters. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LFCandleCo, where I make pop culture-inspired candles. And my pet is the love of my life. I have a Labrador Retriever Shepherd mix named Jasper. He just turned 15. He is an old man with a young soul. And I love him so much. He's... Like, sometimes I just look at him and start crying because he's so cute. Oh, Jasper. Yeah, that's my boy. And this episode, our guest is Callie! Yay! It's been a while. Thank you. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Been a hot minute. My name is Callie Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old photographer and sister Nato to the lovely Robin Jeffrey. A sister Nato! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I live <laughs> I live in my hometown of Red Deer, Alberta. I like rooting for the underdogs and have a long-term love with the ocean and the creatures living in it. I usually spend my days working on my photography business, playing video games, and the occasional D&D game. So true. Yeah, true. You can mainly find me at Callie Nicole Photo on Instagram, where I share my pretty photos and fun reels. Perf, perf. So tell us about your relationship with this show. Should I do my fun fact? Sure. Okay, my fun fact is that I currently do not own a pet currently. <laughs> I am the auntie to daily, but other than that, I get my puppy fix by walking other people's dogs and house sitting for them. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of pet sitting. For- yeah, I have, and that's perfectly fine because I get money for playing with dogs. That is so fun. Yeah, my relationship with this show, I think just like I think I like I I'm sure I watched a few episodes when mom first like was watching it like on mm-hmm. the TV and then like you found it, Robin, and you were like, "Wow, this is great." And then you just kind of like spread it to everyone. You're like, "Let's watch the show together. I want to know your thoughts and I want to see your reactions to the stuff that's happening." <laughs> And, like, you always, I think you always, like, ask me about, like, my theories and stuff. And you're like, so what do you think? What do you, give, give me your guess. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 for sure. Watching it with someone for the first time is one of life's great great joys. Robin is so invested in people's reactions. Yeah, that's, like, one of your defining qualities is getting people's Thank live you. reactions to watching <laughs> your favorite shows for the first time. And why not? Absolutely. Robin's love language is reactions. <laughs> reactions to Lost, yeah. <laughs> Um, and who are some of your favorite characters? Oh, Desmond. Desmond Hume. Miles. Oh my gosh. Um, Lapidus. I have a cactus named after Lapidus. I love mm-hmm. him. Lapidus is one of the new characters that's coming in next season. Yes. For anyone who hasn't seen it. He's great. I love him a lot. I love your I love your love for Lapidus. Yeah. He deserves so much more love. I also love Lapidus. He's amazing. He does. 
Yeah. I have a cactus named Lapidus, and then I got another cacti, and I named him Miles. Oh, my God. Who's also coming in next season. <laughs> yeah. So, um, before we get started, we just wanted to make a really quick announcement at the top of this pod um, that as we approach the end of season three, for anyone watching along with us, the first part of the two-part season three finale is going to feature spoilers for both parts of the finale. For the last two seasons, we didn't do this. Like, we did spoilers, um, like, for each of the episodes. But this finale is kind of impossible to talk about without knowing the twist at the end of part two. So if you're watching along with us, watch both pieces of the finale before listening to part one of the finale. We'll make another announcement at the beginning of next episode and at the beginning of that podcast. But just wanted to give a heads up. Thank you so much. That is so smart, and I'm glad we're doing that. Yeah, me too. I'm like, how am I supposed to talk about the flashes? (laughs) (laughs) It's literally impossible. Without spoilers. It's impossible. We just have to put that whole thing in the spoiler section. So I was like, that's not necessary. We'll just we'll just do spoilers for the finale. Oh, your brain is huge. That that's a good call. Thank you so much. Thank you. Today we have words to say about episode 320 of Lost, The Man Behind the Curtain. So The Man Behind the Curtain, as stated in the episode, is a Wizard of Oz reference. And it's sort of about like the puppet master. And then, you know, there's the whole pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, which, mm-hmm. you know, they try and tell us is Jacob. This episode, but Locke, I think, correctly says that it is Ben. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is a it is Ben's very first episode, very first episode, like one of his most iconic episodes. Yeah, if not his most iconic. Mm-hmm. Also, something that I literally just thought of right now. Mm-hmm. I find it funny that, like, in like the Wizard of Oz, you know, they like they see this mighty person, and then they realize soon after that it's not like the real wizard of oz and then you know Mm -hmm. you get the pay no attention to the man behind the curtain you know he is not what he seems so i think it's very interesting that like Locke is kind of like pulling away that curtain and being like i you know i kind of see what you're up to yeah so like i said the episode title is a reference to the wizard of oz uh which is a film from 1939 there is also a reference to aunt m which is a character in the movie Ben's mother, Emily, shares the same first name with Dorothy's aunt in The Wizard of Oz. And Dorothy's last name was Gale, which was Ben's alias. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the broadcast date was May 9th, 2007. It was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Drew Goddard, two uh, OGs on the the writer crew. Those are both very familiar names. And uh, an unfamiliar name, it was directed by Bobby Roth. Uh, This is his first episode that he is directing of Lost, but he directs two more episodes, um, but not until season five. He did a phenomenal job. What a big episode to have as your first time directing on Lost. For sure. Like, no pressure. Just the biggest episode, like, of the season so far. Yeah, they give those really big episodes to Jack Bender. So if I I hadn't looked and you had told me to guess, I probably would have guessed that this was a Jack Bender. Jack Bender special. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grabbed a couple of fun facts about this episode on Lostpedia. Uh, this is the first episode in this season in which all... In, in this season, this is the 20th episode, in which all current cast members appear in new footage. In Expose, wow. all current cast members appeared, but Naveen and Matt only appeared in archive footage. So this is the very first episode in which all current cast members appear, um, which I think is really funny because most of it is in the beach storyline, which only has three scenes and only one of them is long. Yeah. That's crazy. So I think that's crazy that they that they brought everybody in for that. 
Mm-hmm. This is also the very first Ben-centric episode of the series. Iconic. Uh, finally. Absolutely iconic. And this is the first time that Ben is seen in the main timeline since The Man from Tallahassee because he was in, in flashbacks in Expose, One of Us, and The Brig. So this is the first time that we're seeing him in the main timeline Oh, that's um, nice. for a while. And uh, this is also the first episode that aired after the announcement that they were going to end the show in 2010. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. They were really thinking. So uh, this episode is, as always, split into three storylines. The beach storyline, we're going to do the island storyline, and then the flashbacks. I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, last episode we did the flashbacks before the regular island storyline, but that was because it, like, happened, like, two days ago. And Mm -hmm. this is a flashback that's still, like, pretty far in the past. So I felt like it was, it deserved to be at the end, too, because I feel like that's where the bulk of the conversation is, to be honest. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, So we're going to do the beach storyline first, which, like I said, is quite short. And I did the summary for that. Sawyer watches the camp from the trees and elects to get a hold of Saeed to tell him about what he's learned about Juliet. They both go to her tent to confront her, but she's not there. Kate comes and tells him that she left with Jack, and she told Jack about Naomi, which Saeed is understandably pretty upset about. He tells Sawyer to play Kate the tape. They end up telling everyone everything and talk about how they kept Naomi a secret because they don't trust Jack. Sun is sure that Jack would never hurt them, and she thinks Juliet is a good person. Sawyer plays her the tape. Jack and Juliet show up, and Juliet says to flip the tape. It's a message from Ben saying they're coming to take Sun and any other pregnant women that Juliet can find. Juliet says she told Jack about her mission right after she had that time with Sun, and Jack decided not to tell anybody because he wanted to decide what to do first. And now he has, I guess. That is so, it it is so infuriating. We'll talk about it in a second, but like Jack is so infuriating in that scene. So infuriating. Oh my God, the ego. Yeah. So the first little scene here. Sawyer watches the camp from the trees, probably still not wearing shoes. Um, (laughs) He sees Charlie and Claire talking about Aaron, Hurley and Desmond talking about Haggis. These are the conversations I want to see more of. Yes, 100%. I've been saying throughout the last couple episodes, I've been like, why is nobody talking and just having normal conversations? So like these background conversations of Hurley and Desmond talking about Haggis. Thank you. Yes, this is exactly what I wanted. And also it's probably was like, I bet the director was like, okay, uh, Jorge and uh, Ian, you guys need to just like talk about something, just like pick something. And that's what they chose. It's so good. And I really wish that we would hear these conversations more. Like there are 24 hours in a day. Yeah. (laughs) And we only hear an hour of conversation every week. Like That's why I love subtitles so much. Mm -hmm. Because like you can... Like, they subtitle the conversations that you might not be able to, like, hear fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I like that when you, like, when there's, like, a, like, a news broadcast on in the background of something or something like that, you know, it's really nice to see what's going on when I can't actually hear it out loud. Yes. Because, yeah. like, someone wrote that. Someone wrote yeah. <laughs> that little background stuff. Someone said it, too. Yeah. And I would like to appreciate their work, you know? Yeah. So Sawyer catches Saeed's attention and Saeed's like, uh, you're a mess. <laughs> and Sawyer's like, I was with Locke, but he went back to the others and... Don't he immediately knows Saeed's gonna be like, Oh, where are the others? Because then we can like go and attack them or something. And so you're just like, Before you even ask, I don't know where he went. I don't know where that is. Um, and I also don't know how to track. So, as evidenced by episode 116 Outlaws, I'll probably just end up tracking Charlie again. Great. But I have this tape recorder and I have to tell you about it. I love that everyone trusts and confides in Saeed. I just love that. Like, they all get it, even Sawyer. I had that too because I'm like I'm sh- like I don't know if it was just like the first person that kind of like walked but like mm-hmm. I I love how Sawyer's just like Said is like everyone just kind of like silently agreed that like Said is just the one to trust. 
Literally. If Juliet had gone to Saeed, oh my god. Things Everything would have been so, so much better. better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But no, she chose Jack. Yeah, I think that actually, Callie, that's a really good point that like may- maybe he was the first person who walked by. But I actually think that the director's use of those scenes where Sawyer, like those really quick shots where Sawyer sees Desmond and Hurley having a conversation, sees yeah. Claire and Aaron having a conversation, tells us that he was maybe not specifically looking for Saeed, but chose Saeed specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But literally Sawyer and Saeed were like enemies for quite a while and for good reason because Sawyer was terrible to Saeed. But now he understands that yeah. Saeed is great. Obviously it's not like to the extent, but like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm pissed off at like Jack and Juliet. We're both We're both against Jack right now, yeah. Yeah, we're both a bit pissed off at some people. Yeah, that's a good point. But I just love that Sawyer now knows how to trust like that Saeed's the one to trust. He's learning how to trust on the island. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So Sawyer and Saeed go to Juliet's tent, but she's not there. And they super did not knock. They just like barged in there, which I feel like seems to be a pattern and a theme throughout the last few episodes is people just barging into other people's tents. Yeah, it's like, what? what is the, the, uh, the, oh my God, what's the word? Etiquette? The etiquette. Yes, the etiquette etiquette the tent etiquette around here you know right how does one knock on a tent that's what my question was is that like do you just like tap it and it goes like push push i think it goes push push i think or like do you like knock knock (laughs) with your (laughs) or like they they have some sort of like maybe they announce their arrival yeah hello you know sawyer ford of wherever house ford come comes henceforth to make his appearance in front of thy kate austin listen i know that this is a thing that's outside i i know that this is actually probably like an actual real thing but the only thing that i have in my brain is the guy um from princess diaries 2 oh my god who um like announces everybody who's coming in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what they need yeah do you know so, which guy uh, i'm talking about it's like yes, knock, the guy- yes. Yeah, yeah, the guy who announces the the little girl who has to pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. has like a, he has a cane that like knocks on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Princess Diaries two supreme enemies to lovers. Story. Absolutely, oh Fantastic. my god, my origin Honestly, story. Personally, and maybe this is a hot take, preferable to the first one to me. I would I agree. The second one, I yeah. It just more happens in Genovia, and that's fun. It has a good ending. I'd agree with film. that. I feel like Princess Diaries 1 is like a coming of age story. Princess Diaries 2 is an enemies to lovers. Yeah. Fully. I also like am maybe biased because we owned and still own the Princess Diaries 2 on DVD yeah. and we never owned Princess Diaries 1. So I've just seen Princess Diary. Oh my God. Same. Really? Same, same, same. A we real have, engagement? Like, <laughs> literally had like 10 DVDs and I, you know, I feel like half of them were sequels. None of them were like original right. movies. So I just have like a special place in my heart for sequels of movies because that's what I had on DVD and could yes. watch all the time. Okay, everyone name more sequels that were better than the original. Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Fantastic. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to take yours, Robin. Night of the Museum 2. Night of the Museum 2 for sure. Um, High School Musical 2. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Legendary. I, I just, I don't want to talk about how for my birthday this year, my mm-hmm. friends and I did a niche PowerPoint night, okay? And my yeah. PowerPoint was on why Shrek 2 is a perfect film. Not yeah. only did everyone disagree with me, but we decided to rank our PowerPoints and mine got voted last. And it was my Rude. birthday. That makes me so sad. <sighs> 
yeah, it, it makes me sad because I stand by my opinion. I think that your opinion is good. In fact, I need to rewatch the film. It's so it it's a perfect film, start to finish, plot, characters, uh, just the twists. The soundtrack is so good. Oh my god, the soundtrack! It's just mm. we used to have the the CD for Shrek two. And we would listen to it while we were on, like, our yearly family road trips. Oh, I love that for you. Love anyway, let's, shall we go back? <laughs> what are we talking about? So uh, they're like, hey, Sight, <laughs> Juliet's not in her tent. And so Kate shows up and she's like, oh, hey. And they're like, hey. She's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, we're here at Juliet's tent. So we are looking for Juliet, Kate. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, she left with Jack right after I told him about Naomi. And Sawyer's like, whomst? And Saeed's <laughs> like, Kate. <laughs> I just asked you not to tell Jack. Kate makes herself so unlikable in these last few episodes. This is why no one tells you stuff. She is a snake, okay? I will never bash a character. Like, and I'm not bashing Kate here, but I think that we can all agree when they've written the character to be annoying. Correct. Yes. That's what Lost does so well. And it's a little bit disappointing because like, you know, I always mention with Jack, they meant to write him as frustrating, you know, they Mm -hmm. meant to write him as not a perfect character. But I don't, I think that they are still trying to make Kate this like, not all, you know, uh, one of the guys sort of like a guy's girl, you know? And so it's like disappointing when she's like annoying like this because I'm just like, she has so much more potential than this. Mm -hmm. For sure. They do a lot of things with Kate that they do with jack but when they do it with jack it's successful but when they do it with Mm -hmm. kate it's not not great yeah and you know what actually that's a good point it is also definitely partially misogyny as to why it works yeah it's like they can write jack to be annoying and it's just like okay jack's annoying but if you write kate to be annoying it's like oh my god girl go away get over that guy like you know a lot of misogyny there yeah when jack is annoying it's just like ugh. Well, he's a dude, you know, uh, Jackson's yeah. annoying. That's just who he is. And then when Kate's annoying, everyone's just like, I hate Kate. Uh, yeah. Kate yeah, sucks. That's what it is. You know what I mean? So. And like, is Kate annoying? Yes. Sometimes. Uh, right now, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand why Kate's actor, not mentioning her by name. I, I don't think anyone played Kate. Yeah, I don't. I think Kate actually just like popped into existence. But I think that's why Kate... Kate's actor was so um, also frustrated by it because she also knew that she had more potential than what they were giving her sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that is a complaint that I have for sure. So there, so he's like, Kate, I just told you not to do that. Why did you do that? And she's like, because he has a right to know. And Naomi needs medical attention and he is the medical attention. So it's very important. And I'm like, okay, Kate, here's the thing, though. Don't pretend that this is about helping a fellow woman, though. Yeah. Because this was about Jack's attention. Mm. 100%. If it was about actually, like, wanting to get this person some medical attention, she would have made it about that. But it wasn't about that. It was about Jack knowing, specifically. She left with Jack. Juliet left with Jack? He took off right after I told him about Naomi. Who's Naomi? And why would you do that, Kate? Because she's hurt, because he's a doctor, and because he has a right to know. Where is he now? I don't know, Saeed. Of course you don't. You know, it might be time for you to tell everybody else about Naomi, too. Play at the tape! Yeah, she, like, showed up last episode being like, Jack, hello, you need to 
snap out of it and stop hanging out with Juliet because it makes all your friends hate you. So Kate says that she doesn't know where Jack is now and thus Juliet. Saeed is upset and walks away. I don't freaking blame him because he literally like trusted her with something and she went behind his back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saeed is so trustworthy. And so when someone's not trustworthy to him, I completely understand why he would be upset. Fully, fully. It's like you're going to betray the one person here who like you can actually trust with your life. And I, I love that for Saeed that he's just that type of person to just be like, I'm not arguing, I'm walking away. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. He's always the bigger person. Yeah. So Kate's like, anyway, it shouldn't matter because everyone should know about her now. I think that everyone should know and I'm making that decision for you. And so Saeed says to play Kate the tape so that she'll know like what a huge mistake she made, basically. And Sawyer's just standing there like, who's Naomi? <laughs> It's pretty funny. So in the only other beach uh, beach uh, scene this episode, there's one longer one. The camp is obviously has learned about Naomi and is now freaking out about it. Claire's like, wait, so the whole world thinks we're dead? And Saeed's like, we have more important things to worry about. And Sun's like, um, do we? <laughs> I, okay. Valid. <laughs> Everyone thinks we're dead. I would certainly be worried. I'd be like, my whole family has mourned me. And that's really upsetting for me. I don't even know where I would be able to start, like, processing that. Parsing through that. Yeah, no kidding. So Naomi's like, hey, do you guys, like, not want to be rescued? And everyone's just straight up ignores that question. They sure do. So Saeed's like, we chose not to tell everybody anybody because we wanted to keep her safe. And Kate's like, well, who are you keeping her safe from, Saeed? And Saeed's like, honestly, from Jack. He was with the others and now he's here and he's back and she's here. And every time that she wants to talk to us, he stops her and it's super suspicious. All of these are great points. Yeah, like extremely valid points are being made. So he just wants answers. And every time Juliet actively wants to give answers, just like in last episode when we saw her like want to tell Kate about the plan and Jack was like, no, you know, it's like, stop taking away Juliet's agency. Mm -hmm. Can I roll back for just a moment? Yeah. How long have they been on the island now? It has been around 80-ish, 80 to 90 days. Let me check. I don't know. For me, it's like, wouldn't you just assume people think that you're dead on this mysterious island and like people have died from this island? Like, wouldn't you think that it's like there's a plane crash of nowhere? I think that if, you know, if they hadn't found my body, I would have hoped that people would still like have hope to be able to find me. But like when... There's actual concrete proof that I'm dead because my actual, actual body is in there. Then, like, I would, I mean, I would definitely be upset that, like, people are lying. I guess that's true. It's day, day 89 to 90. So, oh, okay. yes, 90 days. So, there, so Saeed's like, Jack is very suspicious. And Sun is like, it's Jack. He would never hurt us. And also, I, you know, Sun believes that Juliet's a good person because they had a really good and positive interaction in DOC. Which was literally Juliet's goal was to get Sun to trust her. And clearly that worked. So Sawyer's like, oh, why would you even say that? Is it because she took you to a medical station? And Sun's like, how do you know that? (laughs) Please stop saying words in front of my husband. (laughs) So Sawyer plays the tape and Jin says in Korean, what's the matter? That's what he's saying. Um, It's not subtitled. So that's what he's saying. And everyone just kind of ignores him as usual. Poor Jin. Which makes me sad every time he says something and people don't answer. So Jack and Juliet show up and Jack's like, where'd you get that? And Sawyer got it from Locke, but no, he doesn't say that. Saeed's like, hey, where have you been? And Jack like refuses to talk until he gets his answers first. 
And so Sawyer's like, you think you should be asking us things? Hmm. It's, ugh. Jack is so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and just, no, those are my thoughts. Jack, shut yeah. up. I love Jack, but I also hate Jack. And I think yes. that's True. the mark of a good main character. Agreed. <laughs> so Juliet says to turn the tape over and Sawyer tells her to stay out of it. And Juliet's like, listen, you can hate me. You can be mad at me, but turn the tape over first and just hear what is on there. I love the realization on Sawyer's face that he's about to get like red to filth. Like he's like, I thought I had all the information. <laughs> he's like, this is the fourth or fifth time that Juliet has absolutely humiliated me. <laughs> I like the realization of on Sawyer's face that like he takes a moment. And for me, I read that as like, it's like, there's a back. <laughs> exactly. <That's> a- yeah. <laughs> there's a back. I didn't even know how tapes were. That's exactly it. <laughs> there's a back to the tape. It's like, I didn't think this through. I feel like every time I've used a tape like that, it like takes a significant amount of effort for me to figure out like how to get it to play properly. So I'm just impressed that like he had played the front part of the tape. And then when he turned it back, it was in the exact right position to to speak at the right place in the <laughs> tape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Ben says on the tape that they're sending three teams to come and take Sun. And we have no time to run Austin's sample because she said she was going to try and get a sample from Kate, which I guess she got i i'm not sure if maybe she just said that she did but like yeah that wasn't super clear maybe no never mind i figured it out ben is assuming that juliet got austin's sample because she said she would on the tape but like this is their only in like she and ben's only interaction yeah since since she said that Mm -hmm. so he probably just assumed that she got it and Mm -hmm. they don't have time to run it Right. But I'm also like, what? what is the sample, though? What was she trying to get? Pee? Ew. How was she going to get that? That'd be nasty. Anyway. <laughs> hey, guys. I also realized that people are learning that gin used to be sterile, which is like not something that other people need to know. And not only that, but everyone else is learning it before Jin himself is learning it because he still thinks it was Sun who was sterile. Also, them talking about Kate potentially being pregnant, there is a shot of Sawyer being like, oh crap, because Sawyer is the only person that Kate is currently sleeping with. Um, so I feel like that sort of becomes real in that moment for them too. Just a couple notes that I wanted to mention that I realized after the fact. So he's like, if you determine anyone else is pregnant, mark their tents and we're going to grab them too. So Ben just assumes that everyone on this beach is boinking and honestly, he's not wrong. Nope. Um, can you get a pregnancy from like a blood test? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Okay, so maybe it's like blood. Maybe if like they bleed or something. <laughs> or something. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I'm just like wondering how she would be able to get it without like Kate knowing, you know? Yeah. Because I don't think Kate would consensually give anything that she wants, you know? Yeah, especially not to Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. So Juliet says that she told Jack what was going on the night that they went to the staff. And Saeed's like, you didn't tell anybody else? And Jack's like, well, I hadn't decided what to do about it yet. And now I have. If I were son, I'd be like, this was about my safety? And you get to just take your time deciding what to do? Mm. Yeah. This isn't about you. I am so annoyed by Jack in this scene. He's so self-righteous in this scene. It's annoying. Extremely. Since these scenes were so short, I have so many more things to say about the other scenes. Yeah, for sure. My main point was uh, secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they hurt multiple people. True. Yeah, you tell them. But yeah, it's like, it's like, this isn't about 
you. This isn't about anyone. The main person mm-hmm. who got hurt was Sun. Yeah, I would say so. That's it. Uh, very short. Most of the conversation was about Shrek 2. <laughs> <laughs> As any good podcast is, you know? Yeah. I know that I've been saying it every episode about how like, oh, it's so crazy that like such a big plot is in the B plot, but it's the B plot in like five episodes. For real. Like, yeah, like just, it's the B plot for a long time. It's like, we're just not going to spend a lot of time talking about this random person who mysteriously parachuted onto the island. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll get okay. to it. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Sawyer's even like, who's Naomi? And then they're like, we got to talk about Juliet on the tape. And he's like, who's Naomi? And then they're like, yeah. oh, Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer, keep up. He's like, I was walking around the jungle barefoot. I hurt my feet. Who's Naomi? I killed a man. Who's <laughs> Naomi? Who's Naomi? I killed a man. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just all picture Sawyer, like, while Saeed is, like, talking to everyone, that, like, he's standing there looking, like, all squinty and mysterious, but, like, he's actually, like, counting people, being like, okay, you're... Are you Naomi? Oh, my God. It's the whole Nikki and Paolo situation all over again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know you. Like, who the hell's Nikki? He's just like, okay, I know that person and I know that person. But he's also like, yeah, did you say who the hell's Nikki? <laughs> yeah, he won't know. <laughs> he doesn't think anybody's <laughs> Naomi. That's true. Is that Naomi? That's Naomi. He's just like, I haven't heard that one before. Okay. Uh, all right, can I move on? Let's do it. So now we're going to move on to the uh, rest of the island storyline. I call it the Jacob storyline. And I also did the summary for that. Nice. So Ben looks at his little Annie doll from the flashbacks and tells Richard that it's his birthday. Richard asks about the tape and Ben thought that he already took it so neither of them know where it is. But I do. Locke shows up with his father's body and demands answers. Ben sits Locke down and tells him that the answers are too complicated to just tell him but his boss is a man named Jacob. Locke wants to meet Jacob but Ben says you don't just do that. So Locke's gonna go get Richard to do it. Ben says he's the only one who talks to Jacob. Ben is. Locke can tell that he's lying because his hand is shaking. Mikhail runs into camp and tells Ben about Naomi and is upset to see that Locke is there. No kidding. Locke says we can't deal with that right now because we're going to see Jacob and all the other others are mumbling to themselves about this. Locke attacks Mikhail so everyone knows that he's serious about it. Later they're about to head out when Alex comes and gives Locke a gun. She also gives Ben an extremely frosty happy birthday. Before they leave Ben explains to John that he wasn't shaking before because he was lying. He was just nervous because Jacob is very powerful and not really someone you just like pop in to see. As they walk they come across a line of gray powder. Locke stops to investigate but Ben rushes him along. They get to a cabin and when they go inside it's just super run down and mostly empty. Ben tries to convince Locke that there's someone in a chair talking to him but Locke doesn't see or hear anything. He tells Ben that he's pathetic and that no one is there. He shines his flashlight because he hears a voice and everything goes crazy. Ben gets pushed away by an unseen force and we see a quick glimpse of someone in the chair. Later, Ben asks Locke what Jacob said, but Locke is still convinced that it was Ben who said something. Ben admits that sometimes he does lie. He wasn't born on the island and he's going to show Locke where he came from. They get to a giant mass grave filled with dead bodies with Dharma jumpsuits on. Ben explains that he was part of the Dharma Initiative and helped kill all of these people. He then shoots Locke, who ends up on top of the body. Ben demands to know what Jacob said to Locke. It was, help me. Ben scoffs and walks away from the dying Locke. What a, another plot twist, honestly. major. Plot twist after plot twist. The end of this season is very good. It's, it's so good. Like, a little slow there in the beginning. 
little knock, mm-hmm. little little hiccups from time to time. You know, let's not talk about Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah. <laughs> but the end of the season really, like, it's mm-hmm. like full steam ahead, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, every season finale is very, very good. But season three is one of my favorites. Is very, very up there. It's very well done. I don't think it's one of my favorites, but it's like, that's just personal preference. I still think it's sure. like phenomenal. So Ben looks at the Annie doll. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this Annie doll, but I think that I'm going to leave that conversation to the flashback. So stay tuned. Richard comes in and he says, it's a birthday present. It's my birthday today. So his birthday is December 19th. That makes him a Sagittarius Capricorn cusp. He is a liar. Ben? About his Zodiac sign. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we see him in a um, future episode. No spoilers. Um, oh that hasn't happened yet whoops no it hasn't happened yet i think it's in season five honestly um where someone asks him what like says can i ask you a question and he says i'm a pisces which is very funny but also is not true like he straight (laughs) up just lies for fun that's not accurate like no you're not (laughs) (laughs) shut up that's not right he's so far from being a pisces too oh my god you're nothing like us a disgrace to Pisces. Stop it. So then Ben says, do you remember birthdays, Richard? And this is the very first hint that we get that Richard doesn't seem to age. This is the first episode that sort of finally introduces that. What? And then this is the first hint. So before we even start seeing him in the flashbacks, this quip that he makes to him makes no sense. <laughs> no. Pretty sus. You remember birthdays, right? Yeah, why wouldn't he? This line was almost my favorite line award. It yeah. was my favorite line award. Nice. <laughs> I um, I just think it's very interesting because up until now, like we just met Richard. We met him in not in Portland and he was just like some guy. And so I think it's so interesting that like just a few episodes later, he has not only become like an other and like a, clearly a very important other. Mm-hmm. But now this episode, they introduce him as someone who like has his own lore and has his own mystery you know it's like clearly Nestor made such an impression that he was like brought in to be such a bigger role than he was originally meant for I'm so glad that happened I love Richard Richard's one of my favorite probably in my top five favorite characters so I'm he's so fascinating yeah I think he's amazing so (laughs) Richard's coming in basically being like did you want me to bring Juliet the tape because like uh you know you made it seem like you wanted me to do that but then you never gave it to me like the instructions and he's like well I recorded it yesterday you didn't like go and take it to her and he's like no I was waiting I thought I was waiting on you to record it so now they're just like where is it uh Locke stole it (laughs) classic Locke saw you record it and then take it and then took it so he like runs out to ask friendly where it is because Tom friendly is Ben's keeper and like is his assistant and knows everything I guess but Tom is watching Locke bring his father's body back because that's what Ben said that he had to do to come back and so Locke's like hey you owe me answers start at the beginning last episode we talked a lot about whether or not Ben knew that Richard had gone to Locke to give him Sawyer's file and Sawyer's name as someone who could kill his father and we would know like based on how Ben reacted here and so now I fully believe that Richard absolutely did that behind Ben's back because Ben is absolutely shocked Mm -hmm. yeah I would agree had no idea that Locke was actually going to do that for sure so 
in his tent, Ben pours Lock some alcohol. We never see Anthony Cooper's body again, as far as I understand. No idea what happened to it. Nope, not a clue. So he's pouring Lock some alcohol and he's like, hey, Lock. So now I have to figure out uh, some more excuses. I wish I could tell you everything just like from an old book, (laughs) but it's just too complicated. So, and Locke is like not into it. He offers Locke the glass, but he doesn't take it. And he just awkwardly puts it down next to him. I really like this specific shot. And I don't know if it was set deck that did this or if it was the director, but props to whoever did, or it could have been props. (laughs) Props to props. I really liked how Locke is sitting here in Ben's tent and you can see the wheelchair that Ben has been using and it's folded up right behind Locke. Oh. And so it's it's like his past is always following him. His past is mm. always behind him. I didn't even notice that. So I just like, I'm just a big fan. I think whoever did that was very smart. Everyone who works on Lost is so smart. So true. true. Huge brains. So Ben's like, hey, Locke, it's too um complicated for me to tell you everything. And Locke's like, just say it. Locke's like, I knew that you were going to make up some dumb ass excuse. Just tell me. And so... Ben's like, okay, well, you probably think I'm the leader. <laughs> Silly you, but we all answer to someone. And the person who I answer to is named Jacob. And Locke's like, I'd like to speak to your manager. Please take me to Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben's like, no. So Locke is like, okay, if you're not going to take me to Jacob, I will go. And he immediately gets up to leave. I'm going to ask somebody else to take me to Jacob. I'll just go ask Richard because he seems to know what's up. Yeah. And Ben's like, he doesn't know where he is. He he doesn't talk to Jacob. I, I'm the only one who talks to Jacob. He's like, no, stop. <laughs> He's like, Locke's like, nobody else knows. And Ben's like, no, only me. Only me, Ben. Kate's on the beach being like, no, Jack, come on. <laughs> and then Ben in the forest being like, no, Locke. No, John. Yeah. No, Locke, look at me. Where are you going? Hell, Ben, if you don't want to take me, maybe someone else will. I'll just go and ask Richard. Why would Richard take you? He doesn't know where Jacob is. He doesn't talk to Jacob. Well, who talks to him? I do. Well, you're the only one who talks to him. That's right. And no one else knows where he is. I was born here on this island. I'm one of the last that was. Most of these people you see, I brought them here. So Jacob talks to me, John. He tells me what to do, trusts me. And no one else has ever seen him. That's right. How convenient. So Ben's like, I was born on this island. And we already know that's a lie. By the, by this point in the episode, we have already seen him be born not on the island. Mm-hmm. But it's the same lie that he gave to Jack in The Glass Ballerina. He's been saying it all season. He says, I was one of the last people that was born here before the fertility issue started happening. And so all of these people who are here, I brought them here. Jacob tells me what to do and no one else has ever seen him. Just me. And Locke is like, well, that's real convenient. I love when Locke talks down to Ben. It's so funny. I love it. I think it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's because like Locke is the only one who will talk down to him like that. Or like the one who can talk down to him like that. And like it will actually affect Ben. Like if Jack were to talk down to him, Ben would just be like, oh, Jack, you don't know a thing. But there is something about Locke that Ben doesn't understand and that is infuriating to him. And it's so fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and Locke just has been through so much crap from Ben. And he's like, I have heard you say so many words and none of them mean anything. Please just take me to Jacob who maybe speaks some words that mean something. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Locke's like, I think you're making up Jacob and everyone here is stupid for believing you. I think. And then he says, not Jacob. Jacob's not the man behind the curtain. You're the man behind the curtain. And you're lying to everyone just like the man behind the curtain was in The Wizard of Oz. And Ben's like, well, why would you say that? And Locke's like, because your hand is shaking. So Ben is like studying his hand 
And I wish that we saw more of this because Ben lies so much, but we never see this like tell on him again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But I love that Locke is learning these things and is so observant. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I didn't even notice him kind of like look down. So I think he's just kind of like, he's just got like, (laughs) he's got passive perception. (laughs) Yeah. His peripheral vision. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I think it like, if he was lying, the lie would be that he was born here. So his hand started shaking. Or what Casey was saying is that he, he's shaking, like Locke thinks he's shaking because he's lying. Or is he shaking because Locke is terrifying? Yeah, I love that idea that he's actually, we never see him actually rattled. Yeah. And he's nervous because he, I think that Ben really does truly believe in Jacob like he finds the cabin he knows where to go I don't think he's ever spoken to or seen Jacob before clearly but I think he does believe in him yeah Yeah. I was actually I realized watching this episode that I think one of the first times I was on this podcast it was for like the season two round table I think yeah for the it was the mid season two mid season two but at the time I had only watched up until the end of season three Mm -hmm. and you guys had asked me like what I think the whole deal is with Jacob and I was just thinking about this episode and I was like I don't know I don't (laughs) know he is a person but he's not a person I I have no idea Mm -hmm. but I do think that Ben fully believes in him well yeah I don't know now that I say that I don't know I'm getting a little ahead of myself but (laughs) I feel like when he first starts talking to Jacob in the cabin he's like faking it but then yeah it's not fake I don't know I don't know we'll get yeah but I love that like Ben is nervous because he's like I have to take this guy to Jacob and I've been telling him about Jacob and if he figures out that I don't actually know that much about Jacob he could tell everybody and my position of power within these people is gone oh my god yeah it's like and they'll all know that I've been lying to them this whole time yes it's like this one man who just came here and fell out of a plane and he literally has the power to destroy everything I've worked to build on this island. No one has actually tried to go against me like this and get answers like this before. Mm -hmm. And this is the closest anyone's ever gotten. I have so many thoughts about that. Like later when we get to the, um, the, like the pit scene. Yeah. But I, I might be jumping a tiny bit ahead, but I also love the power play that like, it just kind of like locks in that like lock for Ben is just like the little like loose thread on a sweater, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that, like if you pull it, it could just completely unravel. But I love how Locke says in front of everyone that Ben is going to take him to Jacob. So everyone hears him. And mm-hmm. so then they like hold Ben accountable being like, oh my gosh, you're going to do that. Cause like no one can unhear that. So like even if they mm-hmm. don't and like Ben is just like oh just kidding and like pushes it to the side everyone's still gonna be talking about it being like are you gonna do it have you done mm-hmm. it and all this stuff yeah. and it's gonna be like in his ear that is such a good point because I bet these other people have maybe asked to go- come and see Jacob before and Ben's like oh we can't we can't very true and Richard is just like Ben is trying to humiliate you in front of everyone because everyone thinks that you're special for xyz reason and he's trying to make everybody see that you're not special and so by him being like he's taking me to Jacob after all of you wanted to see him and he said no to everybody else he's taking me and proving to everybody else Ben is trying to say that he's not special but Locke by saying that and Ben with his actions Mm -hmm. is showing that Locke is special 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going completely against what he was trying to do. That's yeah. why he's that's why he's nervous. That's why he's rattled because his plan is not going according to plan like it always does. But I really liked that Locke was so observant about the the cup shaking because it reminded me of last episode when Sawyer threatened him with the knife and then threatened him with a gun and Lo- and Locke had already put together there's nothing in that gun or else he wouldn't have threatened you with that knife. Oh yeah. 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 So he's really he's really doing it. Very Saeed type of of yeah. of, uh, of Sherlock stuff going on here. Locke mm-hmm. is so smart. Locke, sure Locke, Locke. honestly <laughs> Honestly, Locke would probably be possibly be in my top ten. Like he's such a well rounded mm-hmm. character and he's he's so interesting. Yeah. Locke with nothing to lose is like yeah. another level of smart and perceptive. Like yeah. I think especially at the beginning of the series, Locke is very naive and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, cautiously optimistic about this new part of his life because he fell onto an island and now he can walk and he there's yeah. a lot of um naivete there. Yeah. But now he's seen so much, gone through so much, he is so fed up with being lied to that like now he's just like, I got nothing to lose. Tell yeah. me the truth. Be honest. Like, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's like he kind of already felt what it's like to basically lose everything. And so now mm. he's like, I've gained that back. But now it's like, I still don't have anything to lose. I'm on this island. And even if it does happen, I know what it feels like because off this island, I felt, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's already lost everything. Yeah. He's like, all I care like, about is figure this out. Yeah, exactly. He already lost everything. So if he does it yeah. twice and he's like, you know what? Like, I, I already got yeah. through it once. What the hell is it if I do it again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He knows what he's made of now. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, all I care about is getting these answers. Yeah. He knows. And that's all I've cared about for months. He knows what he can handle. And he also has like picked Ben apart and knows. Yeah where where to hit him where it hurts yeah he knows he knows how to handle himself and he knows how ben handles ben Mm -hmm. you know the rain the rain scene has already happened right where he's just like it's gonna rain oh yeah that was season one oh yeah 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 you know he like he's so intuitive and then like again like jumping a little ahead you know how they're walking and he's like this isn't the way that we came yeah he's he knows the island he knows it yeah so in the next scene mikhail is running into camp to find ben because all of our communications are down so he straight up just has to show up and they're like oh my god mikhail i thought you were dead so the pilot he's like well the pylons were not set to lethal so like i'm good to go Locke comes out and mikhail's like um what's he doing here and they're like oh no it's fine and he's like um is it because he's the one who tried to kill me (laughs) yeah yeah it's fine he's with us now um if if i was mikhail i'd be like are you guys my friends or what doesn't feel like you guys are my friends doesn't feel like you guys are hearing me right now this guy tried to kill me mikhail just got naomi'd yeah (laughs) (laughs) so and this is the first time Locke is seeing that mikhail isn't dead but doesn't let it tell on his face at all nope Locke's like hey didn't i kill you Actually, I bet Locke probably feels like a lot of relief from that. He's just like, oh, I'm not a murderer. Phew. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, uh, yeah. Anyway, Mikhail, what's up? And Mikhail's like, well, there were several survivors in the jungle. They had an injured woman who parachuted onto the island and um, my flame station was blown up. So we didn't know ahead of time. In the DOC episode, we were wondering if uh, Mikhail had known and the others knew and saw the freighter ahead of time, but apparently not. Yeah. Which is shocking. Yeah. It seems like it 
had been on its way for a really long time, Mm -hmm. but okay. And you would think they would like- I'll take your word for it. They would like survey that like path. Yeah. You know? But Ben is surprised to know that. So I guess they didn't know. He says that her helicopter crashed 130 clicks west and that she has a radio telephone. On Lastpedia, it was pointed out, he says that it's- 130 kilometers offshore, which is the rough equivalent of 80 imperial miles. It would be around 129 kilometers. But Naomi actually said that her ship was 80 nautical miles offshore, which is about 148 kilometers. So Hmm. someone who knows things about nautical miles was clearly very upset about that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) about the fact that he said that. So they're like, okay, well, where is she? And he's like, I mean, I walked away from them. They probably took her back to their camp. And they're like, okay, well, we'll be there the day after tomorrow. So like, it's fine. And Mikhail's like, we should probably go right now isn't that like important and Locke's like oh we're busy right now because he's taking me to say Jacob and uh, to see Jacob and everyone's like you're doing what now (laughs) and Ben like looks back and looks at him like can you keep it on the down low my guy (laughs) be a little more subtle all of the others are like seriously so Mikhail's like that's not true right Ben and Ben's like actually John this is perfect because I needed an excuse to not do that with you sorry I actually have to deal with this now so our thing has to wait and Mikhail's like why are you explaining yourself to him he's nothing he he's he's one of them who cares and so Locke comes up and says I know how I'll make my thing more important I will just punch Mikhail in the face Yes, gets the job done. And he just starts beating him up. For reasons I cannot say, Mikhail deserves it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, certainly. I mean, I feel like even for reasons we can say. Yeah. So Ben like is like, Tom, Richard, like do something. But they choose not to. And uh, why do you guys think they decide not to do anything? I I don't think it's because they don't like Mikhail. I think that they're getting a whiff that... Ben is losing his like kind of like his status or rapport that like they kind of like people like obviously I'm not an expert on this but like people like see they observe so like they probably see that Ben isn't handling Locke very well or like that Locke is talking to Ben in a certain way that that people don't normally say it like that you know Mm -hmm. like talk to Ben in that way so they're probably getting a whiff that like Locke means a lot more business than Ben right now yeah I think just like Ben everyone else is just afraid to try and stand up to him yeah or get on his bad side yeah I was like is it because they're scared of Locke or is it because they're betrayed by Ben or is it because of both of those things oh yeah I think both yeah yeah I think both but honestly I think I'm gonna go towards the Locke side of yeah Mm -hmm. so then Locke stops and he's like okay well now that that thing is done um where when are we going and uh we are gonna call that a knockout for our knockout counter (laughs) um because Mikhail is fully out (laughs) after that so there was a commentary for this episode uh with Damon and Carlton and Michael Emerson and in the commentary Damon said that Locke didn't beat up Ben notice that he did not beat up Ben He beat up someone in front of Ben. And Damon said that he felt that if Locke and Ben ever physically hurt each other, it would feel cheap. That is so smart. Mm. That's such a smart choice. That Locke and Ben are only for psychological fighting. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. Which I thought was a really good point. I mean, he's the creative, he's the the writer, he's the guy. Mm -hmm. So like, he obviously knows his stuff. But I was like, oh, what a good insight. What a good point, Damon. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot more effective for Ben's people to, like, not yeah. just have some big, tough guy. Not, not that Locke is, like, you know, some big, tough, beefy guy. Yeah. But, like, not to have some guy just come in and wipe out their leader, but to have someone challenge their authority in front of them. Yeah. I just had a thought. Okay. It's 
they're playing chess. <gasps> mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what I mean? One makes a yeah. move, the other makes a move. Like, it's like Ben and Locke are, like, playing chess. So, like, you don't go after, you can't go after, the, like, the queen or, like, I don't know how to play chess, but anyway. Yeah, like the, <laughs> I'm just like, nodding along, like, I know how chess works. <laughs> the, the, you know, like, the, the bigger... They're playing backgammon. <laughs> yeah. The bigger play pieces so like the king the bishop the queen you know you can't go through those like you can't get to those right away without going Mm, going through the pawns yeah through the pawns so it's so it's like it's like you it it does feel cheat if he goes towards ben but it's like it's like Locke is taking out a pawn or like beating up his pawn right in front of him yeah that's good that's good (gasps) kelly that is such a smart thought Thank you. I really like <laughs> so that. It's like, it's like he's taking a piece and it's like your move. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. I just had that revelation. I'm really proud of myself. Damn. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was good. It was really smart. But Callie, honestly, that's exactly how I feel sometimes. I don't even have stuff written in my notes and I'll like have a revel, like have a thing and I'll say it and everyone's like, yeah. oh, good. And I'm just like, I'm a genius. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, you just did something here. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben and Locke are getting water. Um, and Ben's like, you didn't have to hurt me, Kyle. Like, everyone gets it. And Locke's like, no, I did. Yeah. And, you know, he's asserting his dominance in front of all of the people. He wants everyone to know that he's special. He remembers Richard saying that Ben doesn't want everybody to think he's special. And Locke said, bet, I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alex shows up, calls for Locke, says, hey, if you're going to go see Jacob, you should probably bring this gun. And Ben's like, what? First of all, he's like, hey, my daughter, where did you get this gun? Don't you just own a slingshot and that is it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love his face <laughs> where he's just yeah. like, where? What? What? Wait, what? Yeah. what is happening? And she like hands Locke the gun and Locke's like, hey, thanks. Sorry I held you hostage in a, in a closet a little bit ago. Uh, I'm glad we're still friends. Mm-hmm. Bygones. So then she like turns around and is like, happy birthday, dad. And I honestly like sort of feel bad for Ben and with his relationship with Alex. Not that, you know, she was stolen away, obviously, but Ben had a really bad relationship with his dad. Yeah. You know, and and he knew it was bad and he didn't want this. Also, he never, I'm sure he never had like a mother figure. So Mm -hmm. he probably doesn't really understand kind of like- Yeah, and neither did Alex. She didn't have a mother figure around either. That's, yeah. But also at the same time, I like how Alex, it's not like happy birthday, dad. It's like, oh, happy birthday, dad. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, I what? Oh, I was going to forget. But it's like, oh, no, yeah. I remembered. Happy birthday. Bye. That's a good parallel because Roger just c- keeps forgetting. True. Mm-hmm. So like we get to see her remember. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. And she remembers, but she's doesn't. It's not like for good. You know, I feel like it still meant something to Ben, though, you know, that he mm-hmm. was like, well, no one ever says happy birthday to me because I hardly ever bring it up. Like, he told Richard it was his birthday, and Richard, I don't think Richard said happy birthday. <laughs> he didn't say it back. <laughs> yeah. Ben, Richard's like, I don't know when my birthday is. I do not recall. Yeah, I don't think Ben even gave him a chance. He was just like, oh, it's yeah, my birthday. Do you remember birthdays? And Richard's like, wow, okay, I was going to say happy birthday, but. <laughs> but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, wow, go off. You just kind of call me old? All right. They're preparing to head out, and Ben's like, hey, so John, you need to know that Jacob uh, is real. <laughs> Jacob's totally real, just like my girlfriend from Canada. <laughs> and uh, she just goes to a different school. Yeah, don't worry about it. And he won't like that we're coming to see him. He'll probably be really pissed about it. And so that that's actually why I was shaking, not because I was lying, but because I was, like, nervous and scared to go and see him. Like, this is a guy that you don't just, like, show up. You know, he, like, summons you. And Locke's like, oh, well, so, and sometimes you go to see him. You know, that's just how it be. Like, what does Ben expect for him to be like, Locke, this is a really bad idea. I really feel like we shouldn't do this. And Locke's just like, 
well, you're the professional. Jacob's here. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we shouldn't go. You're right. <laughs> so they start heading out and everyone's like, oh my God, wow, they're actually going like all the others. And Locke th- gives this look to Ben that's like, oh my God, I did it. I made him do something. And it's so satisfying. It really is. Two things that I absolutely love about this scene is one, I my favorite is when Locke eats food and fruit with a knife. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. It makes me so I, happy. I noticed the mango. Yeah. The amount of mangoes that Terry has eaten, I'm sure. Also, at the same time, it's like, he's, he's such a teddy bear when he wants to be. But also, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, who do you know who eats fruit like that? So aggressively. Like, he's still terrifying. Yeah. So, like... It's a power move. It is a power move. It's like how well you can handle a knife, like not just like flipping around and all this stuff. It's like it's like I use it for <laughs> I use it for good and evil. Yeah. Um, and also, I love the look that Locke gives Mikhail mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's leaving. Oh yeah, being like, "Hey, <laughs> look what I'm doing." Mikhail's like, "I you know. cleaned myself up, but I'm still a little bruised." Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the look being like, "Sorry, like." he's going to take me but also at the same time it's like you know i had to do it yeah Mm -hmm. my actual favorite part about this uh scene is the ending shot so they they have this shot of richard tom and alex which are three of the others that we are most familiar with Mm -hmm. um and they actually it's a really dynamic shot where they kudos to the director where they like settle into this shot where richard is looking forward and alex is looking with her back to the camera but like looking over her shoulder and then friendly is like sitting down it's just very dynamic it's really well well done and uh, there's like levels i don't know every time i see it i'm just like now that's art shut up mm-hmm. i love those shots yeah so we have Locke and ben trekking around it's night now they approach the line of gray powder ben just steps over it Locke sniffs it and it's ash i believe mm-hmm. and ben calls for him to hurry and he does really small but every time they go to the cabin the ash is very important mm-hmm. i might have a thing for spoilers cuz i okay. i have i have a few notes about a person but i i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about him yet i don't think i can so they get to the cabin and ben says turn off your flashlight because jacob doesn't like it they leave (laughs) like sure okay so they leave their bags outside and ben's like once i open this there's no going back are you sure you still want to and Lockley doesn't even answer. He's just like, yeah, clearly. Let's go. He's like, well, you want me to come all the way up here and then like turn around? No, Locke is not a coward. <laughs> no, many things, but not a coward. So he's like, okay. Hey, Jacob, it's me and Locke. We're coming in. <laughs> so they go in. There are like these weird jars, a painting of a dog, an empty chair, a table. And it's just like super rundown. Kind of gross looking. Yeah, pretty, pretty weird. Yeah. On Lostpedia, there was a fun fact about the dog painting. It is of a dog named Ms. Honolulu, a.k.a. Lulu. Amazing. She is a dog owned by the costume designer. Oh, my God. Roland Sanchez. Love. And Lulu was originally owned by Jack Bender. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Lulu, the dog. Adorable. And so Ben's like, well, here he is. Say hi. <laughs> and Locke's like, that's. An empty chair. (laughs) And Ben's like, oh, Jacob, I told you he wouldn't be able to see you. 
Oh, you can't see him? Well, that's too bad. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob, but he insisted. Here you go, Locke. These are all the secrets that you wanted. He can answer anything you want him to. And he like keeps pretending that Jacob is like interrupting him. And I think Michael Emerson does a really good uh, good job. 10 out of 10. Yeah, in the commentary, Michael said that um, he had written out like Jacob's unspoken lines, like what he would have said back to Ben so that he could like imagine as if they were actually having the conversation. Oh, that's genius. So Locke is saying like Ben made up everything about the island because he's insane like Locke is like wait maybe ben is crazy is literally just insane i mean which would be a smart move on ben's point if he's just like if Locke isn't giving up going to talk to jacob then i guess i'll just make him think that i'm crazy yeah and so ben's like oh my god jacob stop talking over what he's saying like i can't hear him and Locke is like stop why are you doing a performance you're doing like a little show do you actually <laughs> think there's somebody's there like that somebody's there and Ben's like no I know I know that there's someone there and he's like he goes you don't know anything like Locke is so upset because he's been like I've been working towards this I finally got it and wow you pulled the wool over my eyes again congratulations Locke is so frustrated here I don't know why Locke didn't expect to be murdered here yeah very bold going into a dark cabin like it's very clearly it it's kind of trappy Super trappy. Super trappy. It's a little trap-esque. And then the guy who led you here is just talking to an empty chair. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, well, I already know that we're, like, enemies and that there are a lot of things and you don't want me to, like, have power. And this is fully something that you would murder somebody over. Yeah. Ben, not me. I probably wouldn't. So Locke is like, you don't know anything. And Ben's like, okay, sorry you can't see him, but, like, that's on you. (laughs) And Locke's like, calls him pathetic. Youch. So he starts to leave and he hears a voice that says, help me. And he goes, what did you say? And Ben's like, uh, nothing. You just insulted me. I was just letting you walk away. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm still you. processing this. Yeah. And Locke's like, no, no, I heard you say something. And like pulls up the flashlight. Room starts freaking out. A bunch of destruction. Ben gets thrown against the wall. And he's like, Jacob, stop. <laughs> At this point, Ben is also scared like i'm sure this hasn't happened every you know like i think this is where like ben stops playing around i think yeah Yeah. like maybe he's like i believe in jacob but i never actually had that much proof and now knowing that Locke heard him seeing all these things that happen he's just like wait maybe you are just as special as we think you are I need to get rid of you. Yeah. So then we see a figure in the chair just for a couple of frames. And we see like a close up on an eye on Lostpedia. Fun fact. The shadowy figure in the chair in Jacob's cabin was portrayed by Rob Kiker, who is the prop master. Oh, fun. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah. So he got to be in it a little bit. Okay. So that, that kind of makes me feel better that like I didn't recognize them or like I couldn't make them out. Oh, yeah. No, you're definitely not supposed oh, wow. to be able to recognize him. So then Locke like just leaves. He runs away because he is scared. And then Ben just like walks out and is like, hmm, well, that's Jacob. And I'm like, Ben, Ben has to be like freaking out, like shaking in his boots, actually. Right. Yeah, fully. Yeah. No way anything like that has ever happened before. Yeah. And when he comes out, he like hangs up the lantern as if it didn't just break on the ground and start a fire. Okay, yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, there's some inconsistencies here. Yeah, that's a little bit of a continuity issue personally, but okay. So later they're walking and it seems to me because it's like day again, I think. They straight up didn't sleep through the night, I don't think. No. I bet they're so tired. So Ben's like, yo, uh, what did Jacob say to you? And he's like, nothing. You said something to me. And Ben's like, no. Like, I didn't though. And I'm like, it it didn't even sound like Ben. 
every time I hear it, I think that it sort of sounds like Sawyer. Mm. Because it has that like gravelly, almost southern sort of sound, I think. So Locke's like, okay, I'm done with this game. Just drop it. There is no Jacob. I'm not going to believe the little like show that you put on. You're a fake and I'm going to tell everybody that. And also, this is not the way we came. Yeah. And so Ben's like, yeah, we're going another way because I want to show you something. And <laughs> Locke's like, I don't want to see anything else. Everything you show me is garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben's like, tee hee hee, I'm gonna, like, we're going on another road trip. So Ben's like, all right, fine, you're right. Some of the things I've told people aren't true. And Locke's like, okay, like what? Okay, so I wasn't born on the island, and I'll show you where I did come from. I want to point out, because I had a note about this. Yeah. Is that Ben says, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge thing, because it's not an apology yeah certainly oh it's a major gaslighting tactic. it's yeah it's usually yeah it's used by like manipulators and stuff like i'm sorry you feel that way that's not a real apology so i thought that was yeah. really interesting that he was like oh i'm sorry you feel that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm yeah, sorry just... you feel that i did that to you it's like no you yeah. did do that to me right that's yeah. so not i'm sorry i did that to you I'm sorry that you were hurt that I did that to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they get to this mass open grave of skeletons. I bet it still smells bad. (laughs) Years pass. I bet it smells so bad there. Probably. So some of them are still wearing the jumpsuits. And it's weird because one of the skeletons that we get a close up on can be seen to have a bullet hole in its head. I had that thought too. But they died of gas. Yeah. So it's like, oh, is that that feels like something that we should see in the future. But we don't. Oh, hmm. like that. That's never really explained. It's like the shotgun on the wall. Yeah. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. That's what it's called. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chekhov's gun. So Ben's like, this is it. This is where I came from. I was part of the Dharma initiative, which is huge. I mean, we already knew that because we've seen the flashbacks for this episode. But like huge. We've been hearing about the Dharma initiative. We other than like. Kelvin, kind of. We've never actually met anybody. And this is the first time that we're we're actually seeing what it was actually like back there when back then when the Dharma Initiative was right. here. So it's a very, very, very cool episode. Very big episode. Yeah. He says the Dharma Initiative, they wanted harmony, but they couldn't get along with the other people on the island. And we realized that one of the sides had to go. I picked a side and I did what I have to do. And then he has one of the most incredible lines. And I was smart enough to make sure that I wasn't one of the people in that ditch. So I'm way smarter than you. And Locke's like, huh? What does that mean? Boom. This is where I came from, John. These are my people. The Dharma Initiative. They came here seeking harmony. But they couldn't even coexist with the island's original inhabitants. When it became clear that one side had to go, one side had to be purged, I did what I had to do. I was one of the people that was smart enough to make sure that I didn't end up in that ditch, which makes me considerably smarter than you, John. He tells him before he even does it, oh, I know Ben was thinking about that one while they were walking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so he shoots him and he falls in. What did Jacob say to you? And Locke is like, why did you do this to me? Because you heard him because you're special. Like, he cannot have John be special. Yeah. What did he say? And he's like, help me. 
And he's like, dude, I get it. You need help. But like, what did he say? And he almost shoots him again. And Locke's like, no, 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 please. No, he said, help me. And Ben is like surprised and like laughs a little. I wonder what he was hoping that Jacob had said. Like, what did he think that Jacob had said? Yeah, I don't really. I can't even think. I, I don't even know what he would have wanted it to be. Because like when Locke says, oh, what he said was help me. Ben is like, oh, and like laughs. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. What does Jacob even need help doing? Like, what does he what what does he need help for? Maybe he thought that it was going to be, like, bigger. Like, if Ben mm-hmm. believes that Jacob is, like, this, like, big, powerful, like, being, like, this force on the island, maybe he thought that it was, like, like more words or, like, a prophecy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, Locke is, like, turned around in the cabin and he hears, Ben is a little weenie. <laughs> Ben's like, what did he say? Don't listen to him. Honestly, that would be good, Callie. That's a that's a good point. That's could be what he said. He's lying. He's lying. Don't listen to him. Yeah. But like if he th- believes that it's Ben who said it, that would be interesting. I guess that's why he believes it's Ben that said it because he didn't say, "Hey, Ben is untrustworthy." Yeah. Don't trust yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So, he's like, "Well, I hope that Jacob helps you." And that's him basically because they, you know, see Jacob as a sort of godlike figure, mm-hmm. as a holy figure. He's literally saying, God save your soul. Yeah. And so Ben like leaves Locke. And as far as we know, if I was watching this as it was airing, as far as I know, Locke is dead now. Yeah. Not really any reason to believe he'd survive that. Yeah. And like, you know, he sort of like stops and stops breathing a little bit at the end too. You're just like, Locke's dead. Yeah. And honestly, if they had killed Locke here, not that bad. I have seen way worse deaths. That's You know? True. Yeah like less deserving deaths like obviously i believe that Locke had something way like deserved something a lot bigger a lot grander yeah mm-hmm. but even if, if they had done it here i've seen worse yeah for yeah. sure yeah for sure still has a big impact mm-hmm. um but in the commentary they talk about how he just shoots him in the stomach and gives him a chance to live instead of actually killing him by shooting him in the head like he could have shot Locke in the yeah. head mm-hmm. but he didn't um, and that's that that's that's it. Yeah, go ahead. My my huge note for this that like I got from it was that like did Ben feel as if Locke deserved to die with the other people he killed or like does he feel betrayed in the same way that he felt that the Dharma Initiative people did? Ooh. Like maybe did he feel like Locke was trying to do the same thing like he he can't make peace with everyone or he has to pick a side and he didn't pick a side or like you know Ben felt that you know you deserve to die with the other people who have betrayed me or didn't pick the right side. That's interesting. I had just thought that it was like something that most people don't know it's out here and probably no one will find him here. That's true. But that's a good, but that's a good. I, I, I went a very symbolic <laughs> way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. And that's great. Yeah. I wonder if it's just like, this is how I keep count of all the people I've killed. I put them all in this pit. <laughs> all, all in this ditch. And then there's like a tree like five feet away with like a tally number. And he's like, tally marks on it. yeah. And there's <laughs> another one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, how deep is that pit? Because I feel like there would be more Dharma Initiative people. Yeah, that was a whole community of people. It must be pretty. Di- it must be pretty deep because there are a lot of. People. Yeah, that was a whole. Yeah, that was a whole community of people. When you just look, but when you look at it though, it's like that's not many people. So it's like how many piles of piles? Well, it was probably a lot higher, and then as decomposition happened, it probably mm, sunk. That's a big possibility. Yeah, Gross. but yeah. Gross. Um, anything else for the island before we go into flashbacks? Um, nothing except spoilers. Yep. Yeah. 
So before we go into flashbacks, we're going to really quickly talk about Patreon. Uh, so Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Aficionados has a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. We got some really cool stuff that you can get if you join it. So the lowest tier we have is just $1. You get early access to every single one of the podcasts. This one comes out a whole week in advance. The $2 level gets you access to our Discord server. $5 gets you 10% off at shoppylux.com where Brittany sells stuff. Hybridy Embroidery where I, spell, I sell stuff. And a Lost and Found Candle Co where Casey sells stuff. Yay. Wow. And then the $10 level uh, gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast, which is called OK Love You High. We talk uh, for about 45 minutes every two weeks, and we take listener suggestions for topics. And yeah, it's super fun over there. Um, if you can't help us out on Patreon, check out uh, Shoppy Lux, Hybrid Embroidery, or LF Candle Co. Um, to support us and also get something cool. And you can also recommend us to a friend. That is the other thing that you can do. It is free and it helps us out and we really appreciate it. I Spread do it the all the time. Thank you so You're much. welcome. And I'm just waiting until postage is not that high because I want candles. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Did Callie, did you want to talk about your pictures that you wanted to sell or no? Possibly, yeah. Oh my God, okay. Callie does amazing pictures. <laughs> yeah, if, hey, if you skip through the Patreon thing every single time, I get it. I do mostly say the same thing every single time. Um, But stop, stop for a second because Callie has an announcement. I am still working on it, but hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll have it figured out. And I'll put I'll put a link in the description if it's ready. Perfect. Slash when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure something out. It was it was quite a while ago that Robin and I went to Hawaii. And when, when we were on Oahu, we went on a loft tour. That was when I first started college. So I of course, had my handy dandy camera with me. So Robin and I went through images and we picked quite a few out. Um, we're going to name them after characters and hopefully uh, Prince lost, I guess lost on location, basically. Uh, the locations where they filmed Lost uh, will be up for sale. Prince of yeah. the locations. Oh my God. We've got like the courtyard where Desmond and Penny met. We have yep. like Echo's church. Church. Oh my and, god. And uh Dharmaville, like the yellow houses. We went to like one of the bamboo fields where Jack was. We yep. went to the, we went to Santa Rosa where so we have a picture of Santa Rosa in the background with the big tree and that one's going to be about her that one's going to be called Hurley. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so and we also went to a certain church that is in the finale. So we've got some pictures at the church as well and um yeah so callie took a bunch of pictures and we are she's gonna hopefully sell them as prints and so if you guys want to grab some uh that'd be really cool they are authentic oh and the crash beach um they are authentic oh sorry and also the kate and sawyer waterfall oh my god lots and lots of places you guys should go and check it out um you would be supporting the aficionados by supporting my sister (laughs) and it is authentic pictures of the actual places where they uh filmed yes oh my god that's amazing and and callie has all the rights to them because she took the pictures herself in those places i i took the pictures we went on the last tour the guy was super very nice like super nice so yeah yeah authentic pictures of where they filmed last and if you use the code <laughs> if 
you use the code. Are you going to make a code? Do you want me to make a code or do you want to sell them the way know. you have it? I don't know. If you want to use the code. You can you can make a code. Use the code. Robin is so cool. <laughs> use the code um, because Callie's favorite character is Frank Lapidus coming in next season. Use the code Lapidus AF, L-A-P-I-D-U-S-A-F for, what do you want, 10% off? I don't know. I haven't made the thing yet. Yeah. So. Well, Let's say we can do 10% off. Sure. A discount. Yeah. For, for, a, for a secret mystery discount. <laughs> uh, what is inside the box? Cool. Uh, so now we're going to go into flashbacks, which is actually when I looked at the timing is actually the bulk of the episode is mostly flashbacks. Yeah. Cool. And Casey did the summary for that. The episode begins with a couple, Emily and Roger in the woods. Emily goes into labor and gives birth to a little boy, but she continues to bleed excessively and says that she's in pain. Roger nestles the child in Emily's arms and carries them out of the woods to a busy road. A couple driving by sees them and stops to help. Roger explains that he and Emily were hiking when Emily went into labor prematurely. Emily weakly says to Roger to call the boy Benjamin before dying in his arms. Yes, it's baby Ben Linus. Years later, adolescent Ben and his father arrive on the island at the submarine dock to join the Dharma Initiative. They're greeted by Horace Goodspeed, the man who stopped to help on the day Ben was born and who has now helped Ben's dad get a job with the initiative. They go through processing where they watch an orientation video and Roger receives his job assignment. Workman. He's not thrilled about it. He was told he'd get to help change the world, not be a janitor. A young girl named Annie introduces herself to Ben and offers him an Apollo bar and the two become friends. In the next scene, young Ben and Annie are in class together learning about volcanoes including the history of volcanic activity on the island. The lesson is interrupted by loud sirens signaling an attack. The students are ushered to the corner of the classroom as the teacher arms herself with a rifle and guards the windows. Ben freezes until Annie grabs him and she reassures him that it's just the hostiles, don't worry about it. Later that night, Ben eavesdrops on Roger arguing with Horace, saying if he's going to be getting shot at while on the job, he wants more money. Horace reminds Roger that he's lucky to have this job at all. Ben shuts the door and when he turns around, he sees his mother outside his window. He stumbles backwards, startled, and when he looks back, she's gone. In the next scene, Ben and Annie are on the swing set where Saeed was tied up not too long ago, and Annie gives Ben a birthday gift. She made wooden doll versions of her and Ben so that they can each have one and they will never have to be apart. It's actually super cute, but Roger doesn't shower Ben with the same kind of affection on his birthday. Ben comes home to find his dad passed out drunk on the couch. He wakes up when Ben tries to take off his shoes for him, and he sees Ben's birthday gift from Annie. He says it's hard to celebrate Ben when he killed his mother. Yikes. Ben runs away all the way to the pylon fence where he sees his mother again. He's about to cross the fence when Emily says it's not time yet before disappearing into the jungle. The next day, Ben returns to the pylon fence with the security code and his rabbit. He turns off the fence and sends his rabbit through to make sure it's safe, and when he sees that it is, he passes through and checks and treks into the jungle. He begins to hear whispers and starts shouting for his mom when he stumbles upon a hostile. And it's Richard Albert, but with longer hair. Ben asks if Richard is a hostile, to which Richard responds by asking if Ben even understands what that means. He speaks calmly to Ben, asking why he's out there. Ben explains that he's looking for his mom because he's seen her and she's talked to him, even though he knows she's dead. Richard takes this all in before suggesting before suggesting Ben returns home. Ben says he doesn't want to go back and that he hates his home, and he wants to go with Richard. Richard says that if that's what he really wants, he can make it happen, but Ben will need to be patient. The next time we see Ben, he's an adult and is working for Dharma as a workman like his father. He's packing up a bag and takes his wooden doll from Annie. He helps Roger load pallets of beer into a van and tells him that it's his birthday. Roger, much older and worn down, quietly reflects before suggesting that he and Ben spend the day together after making their run. The two drive to a hill overlooking the island where Roger notes how beautiful
beautiful it is despite the disdain he's had for Dharma. He promises to remember Ben's birthday next year, but Ben says that's not going to happen. He asks if Roger really thinks he killed Emily, and Roger resignedly says he doesn't know. Ben tells Roger he misses her too, but he didn't take it out on Roger even though he had to put up with his garbage. He coldly says goodbye to Roger before putting on a gas mask and releasing a poisonous gas from his bag that kills his dad. Ben returns to the barracks where all the Dharma Initiative workers are lying dead. He finds Horace, who died sitting on a bench, and closes his eyes. Hostiles in gas masks appear from the jungle led by Richard. He stops in front of Ben and takes off his mask. He asks Ben if he'd like them to retrieve his father's body, but Ben, emotionless, says no and to leave him where he is. Done. That was a struggle. Bam. Huge flashback. That was a struggle. They they span Ben's like entire life in these flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. They're like, here's everything. From birth until present. Yeah. So Emily is giving birth in the middle of the woods. Absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. I just Terrifying. No, thank you. My biggest qualm is why the hell, even if she was seven months pregnant, not nine months pregnant, why are you hiking at seven months pregnant? That's still yeah. too far along. <laughs> She's Don't like, do I that. Like exercise. No. My qualm is the umbilical cord. Where's the umbilical cord? Right. <laughs> yeah. What? Is, what? How long is this umbilical cord for the woman? Where she, you know, pull him out and then she'll like have him in his arms. Did you cut it? Like what? Like where's the umbilical cord? What about the umbilical cord? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so she has the baby and it's a boy. Um, on Lostpedia, fun fact: baby Ben was portrayed by a little baby girl called Amanda. Oh. <laughs> this is I cute. Hope Amanda's doing well. But she, so she's had the baby, but she's still struggling and she's bleeding. And they're like, uh oh, no one knows we're here. So you hold the baby and I'll get us to a road. Immediately we're shaking this baby all over the place. Yeah. Too much trauma. I, I would be so worried that she would drop that baby. I mean, I guess that's the only option that they had, but I'd be like, I'm too much trauma. So weak, I cannot hold on to this baby. Yeah. Yeah. And also, definitely the first time I watched this, I super thought they were on the island. Like, until they get to the... For sure. And they do that on purpose. That's, yeah. yeah. Sure. Until they get to the road. It's like, oh. Well, because because oh, yeah. Ben told Jack previously that he was born on the island, so... That he was born there, yep. Yeah. But it turns out they're only... They're actually 32 miles out of Portland, and I think that Ben chose portland as the place to say that the island is like to juliet and such because he was because he was born there mm-hmm. and so she calls him roger and we immediately are like hey isn't that the name of the dead guy and trisha tanaka is dead and they slowly as the flashbacks go on they slowly reveal that roger is the guy in trisha tanaka is dead right yeah. it is so cool It's such a good reveal. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about Lost is that there is this kind of like messy timeline uh, uh, where like things about our, you know, the the crash victims, I guess, um, the main characters. Our heroes, yeah. Our heroes, where they like, they find things and it's confusing. And then as the show goes on and like these flashbacks and all this stuff, it's like, oh, that's why they're there. Like there's, you know, like there's so much purpose and planning Mm -hmm. into Lost that I just like love it where it's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a bit weird and random but then they're like oh just kidding here's the whole purpose to it there's actually a rhyme and reason Mm -hmm. yes it was also pointed out on lastpedia that both ben and Locke's mothers are named emily oh my god i thought that That was familiar when they were watching that and they said her name was emily i was like wait don't don't we already know an emily yeah we do so a car stops to help which is nice because the first car doesn't and it's horace um i have a special place in my heart for horace i this is not the last time we see horace you know and i can say that because we've done a million flashbacks yeah to a million different things so on lostpedia it was pointed out a couple of times 
in a actually form because no one really cares this much. The vegetation as depicted in Ben's first flashback is not correct for Oregon. Ooh, <laughs> you tell him. This is likely an unimportant production issue given Lost is filmed almost entirely in Hawaii. From the behind the scenes webpage, you can see in the background mountains usually seen in panoramic shots of the Lost Island. Ben's first flashback is not correct for Oregon. <laughs> Horace's Carmen Ghia convertible is the highlight variety of either model year 66 or 67. This makes it a prop error because the scene is supposed to take place in 1964. Hmm. Top-down convertibles would be an unusual sight for Oregon in December in any event. Hmm. Yeah, okay. That one's fair. (laughs) So he explains that they were hiking and she wasn't due yet, so they thought it would be fine. But So they're going to take him to the hospital and they're like, oh, is the baby okay? And Roger's like, I don't care. Or he's like, "Uh, I don't know. He immediately, Roger doesn't care about the baby as much as he cares about his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. And so she says, call him Benjamin. And so he's super sure wasn't born on the island now that we've revealed that this is Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, And she passes out. On Lostpedia, it said, this episode shows that Ben's mother dies when he is born. This may explain his obsession with trying to prevent pregnant women dying on the island. Oh. I literally never put that together. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Yeah. So we go to little Ben and he is played by a boy named Sterling Bowman. He is extremely talented. One of the best child actors this show has ever had, in my opinion. I'd agree. Very talented. Um, He is also currently 26 years old. That's oh, disturbing. Wow. Was he in anything <laughs> else when he was a kid? I think so, but it was kind of just like one episode of 24 or like, you know, like. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like procedurals like that. However, Callie, uh, next episode, this is not a spoiler because people know that it's a Charlie episode. Um, Next episode, we get another sight of Jeremy. Is it Shada or Shada? You would know. I, I don't. You don't know? Didn't you have a huge crush on him? Like years ago because I found like <laughs> Adventure Time for the first time, but I. I haven't watched it in a while because I don't know if it's on like cable anymore and also like I don't know where to like watch it fully. But then you watched him on Julie and the Fandoms, didn't you? Yeah, he was cool. Anyway. <laughs> Jeremy Shada or Shada is uh, is is plays young Charlie and he has done in the past already so I can say that. Um but he comes back next ep- episode and he um is also 25. The little kid who plays young Charlie is 25. At the, at that time or like currently? No, currently. Oh, okay. Okay. No, he was a child. He was makes, like yeah, 6. Sense. But uh yeah, I just think that's insane. Time is not real. <laughs> Save your time. In the commentary Damon said that they were very impressed with Sterling Bowman because child actors often act instead of do but he really like felt it and was actually like very in the moment for everything and I am inclined to agree I think he's amazing Mm. Mm. he's very talented and he also he has the same like bug-eyed like eagerness yeah (laughs) that Ben has I never noticed how blue Ben's eyes are until you see younger version of him. And then when you go back to other version, I'm like, I guess his eyes really are that blue. Yeah. Yeah. They also said that they chose Michael Emerson specifically for the role of Ben. They asked for him. They did not audition anyone else. So Michael Emerson was basically like offered the role. And what a great choice. He literally won an Emmy, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe he and Terry both won. So Roger and Ben come down the dock from the submarine and lots of Dharma stuff. Welcome to the Dharma Initiative. They get lays. Everyone says namaste. And the three Dharma Initiative members who are handing out the lays, Mike, June, and Casey. Absolutely legendary. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You have a character. I want that jumpsuit. That specific one. Yeah. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um. So then Horace comes down and he's like, welcome. He has a not- such a hippie voice. I think it's so funny because it's like the 70s now, I think. Um. So he comes down and he's like, namaste. <laughs> I think that's so funny. It's like, hey, dude, namaste. Welcome to the Dharma Initiative. And so they're like, wow, what a place. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Mr. Goodspeed. And this is Ben. Horace was there on the day that you were born and he's really helping us by getting me this job. I'm going to immediately get drunk and forget that. And so Ben does doesn't answer and they're like oh sorry he's quiet and Horace is like that's okay he's just gonna say something when he has something to say I love that line Uh, Horace is so much better than Roger just in every way god yes yeah that's such a nice line because it's so true for a lot of people and a lot of children yeah yeah I think that like we can see that later when Ben after having killed everyone in the Dharma initiative like sees Horace's body and specifically like has the respect to go and close his eyes because I think that Horace was always very kind to him yeah I have thoughts about that and I feel like I should I have one thought about that but I feel like I should probably like leave until we get there sure until we get there um on Lostpedia it said when Ben arrives on the island Roger says ah he don't say much to which Horace responds that's okay I bet he will when he has something to say right Ben this parallels when Locke is unable to to speak and vision boon tells him don't worry you'll speak when you have something worth saying in further instruction oh my god damn so if you guys are doing isra's uh bingo that was me bringing up boon this episode amazing (laughs) i didn't have anything else on him in my notes hey welcome to the island man namaste namaste yeah so (sighs) what do you think wow this is some place Thanks again for the opportunity, Mr. Goodspeed. Horace, please. Horace. And this must be Ben? Yeah. Mr. Goodspeed was there the day you were born. Yes, I was. He's doing us a big favor here. Gave your old man a job. Ah, oh, he don't say much. That's okay. I bet he will when he has something to say, right, Ben? Hey, you hungry, kiddo? Huh? Huh? Great. All right, well, I'll tell you what. After you're done processing, we'll have some lunch. How's that sound? Yeah, thank you. You're going to love it here. So then Horace is like, let's get some lunch after you guys get processed and everything. I really like Horace. He's just, he's just seems like a really good guy. Yeah. And he's like, you'll love it here. It's amazing. So then they go into processing. There's a video of the Candleman. So it's all saying like, welcome to the island. Please stay within the confines of the living quarters. It's surrounded by a sonar fence to protect us from the wildlife. And so Roger immediately is like, what the heck kind of wildlife are you protecting <laughs> us from with that giant thing? So Roger gets called forward and... Uh, it's mentioned that there's like a new code for the fence every single morning. We're studying the special properties of the island. It's like nowhere else on earth and most will work on the mainland. But if you're assigned zoological studies, the Pala Ferry will be available three times a day to carry people to and from Hydra Island. Um, So the Pala Ferry is like the dock where um, Sawyer, Kate, Hurley and Jack were held at the end of season two, um, as well as where Saeed and Sun and Jin got off uh, in Glass Ballerina and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that dock. Uh, when Roger was just like, what kind of wildlife are you protecting us from? It's like, well, uh, if a polar bear gets out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's the wildlife. That- <laughs> and that's why that's on Hydra Island. Yeah. We also see people getting vaccines. And I was like, uh, usually you do that before you go to a tropical island. Yep. But that does make sense because Desmond was doing them. And Kelvin was the one who told him to do that because Kelvin was in the Dharma Initiative. Oh. Because they have it like in the vaccine guns instead of surrounding 
syringes like right. um like Desmond was using right. at the beginning of season two. I have another thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't it be so dehumanizing to call the hostels hostels and the wildlife? Yep. You know, in you know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. Uh, but like, but like Roger said, the wildlife, right? Or did they say the wildlife? Well, uh, it said on the um on the video the wildlife, and I think that's just so that they're not saying. There are people out yeah. there who disagree with us and want to kill us. It's you like, know, it's like false advertising. This is your first time here, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah, being like, please, please stay on the island. There's wildlife that we're just protecting you from. Definitely, there's, there's just wildlife. That's it. Yeah, definitely yeah. not people with opposable thumbs and possible guns and knives. Yeah, exactly. Yes, no, no, no colonialism being being occurred here. Yeah, being occurred. Nope. Being being occurred exhibited i can't believe i just said that occurring i don't know occurring being (laughs) i hate myself you've had a long week buddy it's okay i really have yeah you're valid so a little girl approaches her name is annie the only other time we've heard the name annie is when uh like kate used that alias in the flashbacks of tabula rasa oh dang she gives him an apollo bar so apollo bars have been around for a really long time and she says we can have as many of these as we want well maybe you can where where are your parents Um, in the script, apparently, Annie said, have you ever seen a polar bear after she gave him an Apollo bar? But I guess that part was cut. So then we go over to Roger and Roger's getting mad at a staff member who's named Opal. And he's pissed off that he's a janitor. He's like, Horace said you're doing experiments and like changing the world. I didn't come here to be a janitor. First of all, sir, custodians are very important people. True. Who do very important work. You are helping people change the world. People who are doing the changing, you are helping them. So you, by doing that, is helping yeah it's like (laughs) but you don't have the credentials to be a scientist yeah exactly i'm just like well if if horace horace probably gave you the best job that he could get you know yeah if you don't have the credentials to be a scientist and you want to come to this island and have a really good time this is what you do let's see your resume roger (laughs) (laughs) let's see your resume roger what does it say what is this giant chunk in which you didn't work roger hmm hmm he was Roger. taking care of his son, who he loves so deeply. Yeah, exactly. So Opal is like, well, listen, you can apply for something else if it open up, opens up, but like no promises. Listen, if I was coming onto this island, I would be like, custodian? Dope. Sounds great. Mindless? I can listen to a podcast while I do that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a great gig. I would be so nervous. I'd be like, I can't be a scientist. What if I mess something up and then the world explodes? No. So then Roger's like pissed off, calls for Ben to follow him as he leaves. All right, Ben in class. And we have Olivia is the teacher. It says on her thing. And she's teaching about volcanoes. This is the woman who was in the car with Horace. And I never noticed that until I watched the commentary, until I realized those were the same women. Oh, I so did not clock that. Yeah. So it's Horace wife? That's right. Yeah. So she... She has a wedding ring on in this scene. So it is cute. Uh, and so does Horace, I think. Uh, so it's that's implied. Yeah. So they're doing a chemical reaction and some science nerds came on Lostpedia to complain about this. But oh, it also said as the barracks are attacked while young Ben is in class, his notebook can be briefly seen to bear the Pearl logo and is of the same design as those found at the station and later at the capsule tube dump in the jungle. Um, So all of the notebooks have the Pearl station logo on them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess they produce the stationery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Annie asks if what they're showing happened to the volcano here. She says yes, but a very long time ago. And then we see like the little volcano erupting. So the people on Lostpedia got mad. In the classroom scene, there is a scientific inaccuracy where Olivia is performing an experiment to illustrate lava. The water and bicarbonate, aka 
baking soda. She uses, do not produce the reaction shown. Instead, an acid, which is usually vinegar in grade school, science project volcanoes, is needed to neutralize the baking soda base and form carbon dioxide bubbles as well as salt and water. However, if the bicarbonate was a commercial product such as Alka-Seltzer, it had citric acid mixed in and would only require the addition of water to react. And Olivia didn't mention that, but she was teaching a lesson about volcanoes, not chemistry. Hmm. <laughs> she wasn't trying to tell you about the chemistry. She was trying to tell you about volcanoes. About volcanoes. It doesn't matter. So then the earthquake happens, sirens, everyone's getting into positions. So this is clearly something that they prepare for, something that the children do drills for, clearly, because they know what to do. Was the earthquake like an, the earthquake was just an earthquake? I think so. I think it's like, I think it implies that like a bomb got set off somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what my understanding was. These are a lot of kids, a lot more kids than I expected, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Just because, like, there's no kids here now because of all the fertility issues. Yeah. For me, I thought it was kind of like, like, especially, like, in Ben's case, it was probably Mm -hmm. like, hey, we want you to work on this island. Oh, you need, like, don't worry about your kids or your babysitter. Bring them with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then we'll raise them and then they'll be workers and, like, all this stuff. Well, that's what Horace says later is he's just like, Ben's getting a good education. Yeah. And stuff. So clearly that's a selling point. So Annie goes, locks the door, and Olivia and multiple other staff clearly have guns. And everyone's like, Ben, go, Ben. He hasn't been here very long. He hasn't done any drills. Yeah. He doesn't know. However, Ben, take a hint, my guy, and just go (laughs) do what everybody else is doing. (laughs) So they go and sit in the corner. It's like lockdown, basically. And so Annie's like, don't worry. It's just the hostiles. They hear a loud explosion. And Ben's like, where the hell am I? Actually, Ben is, and I quote, guys, where are we? (laughs) So Horace and Roger are at Roger and Ben's house. And little Ben is listening. And he has a pet bunny. He loves bunnies. Sure does. And Ben does several experiments, including bunnies, especially like we saw him at first in Every Man for Himself with a bunny. So I'm like, okay, so Ben used to have a pet bunny. Does he still have a pet bunny? How? What is, what is the lifespan of a bunny? Yes, right. Uh, not necessarily the same bunny, but he has multiple bunnies, maybe. So Roger says he was driving back from the flame. So Mikhail's house. I don't know. I don't think, mm, no, Mikhail wouldn't have been there yet, I don't think. Uh, a siren calls. We're in the middle of a shootout. On Lostpedia, it said, during the conversation with Horace, Roger said, we're dr- we're driving back from the flame and we hear this huge explosion. Next thing I know, there's a siren wailing and we're having to drive through the middle of a shootout. It is unknown who Roger is referring to as we besides himself, but um, according to a cut line from the original script, the we are actually Roger and Radzinski. Oh. Yeah. We're driving back from the flame and we hear an explosion. Next thing I know, a siren's wailing and we're driving through a shootout. The Radzinski kid almost got killed. Oh my God. Um, So we have heard of Radzinski already in uh, season two, knowing that that was who was um, Kelvin's uh, partner. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And having already said that we see a um, flashback again to Horace, um, I can say that we also get a much closer look at Redzinski in those flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So Redzinski, and I'm glad that they they go back to that, right? They don't just like say a passing name in the season two finale. They bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, so good. So Horace is like, yeah, we're having problems with the natives. Mm, not great. Not not great. Not great. The hostiles, hostiles is a word that you use, just like the others, you know? That's yeah. like a thing that you call them. The natives sounds bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So he's like, oh, who? And they're like, eh, we don't actually know anything about them. We don't know who they are. We just attacked them. I don't know. Yeah, we just we just came here and took their land and didn't care to um learn anything about them. Right. And now they're mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So Roger like throws down his beer and he's like, this isn't what I signed up for. And Horace is like, dude, you needed a job. I got you a job. What do you want from me? Give you cookie, got you cookie. Exactly. Give you cookie, got you cookie. Got you cookie. Ben is getting a good education. This is a very good thing. And he's like, I don't care about his education. Roger, you're a bad dude. Like, just say you're a terrible father. Yeah. Is Roger just a genuinely shitty person or was it just like after the death of like his wife? And I say after the death of his wife because instead of after his son was born because obviously that's what he cares about more yeah i i honestly think that it's that he never that he just like always resented ben he just resented him and i'm just like yeah. if he, i don't think that man was ever meant to be a father yeah if you i just like i can't imagine him being a good father if emily had survived you know that's how bad he is yeah and i'm just like if you knew that you resented him give him up for adoption yeah god yeah. how did you take care of that baby by yourself probably yeah. you would have been better off maybe like something inside of him was just like do it for emily but like he's a shit person it's like it was a there it's the only piece of her that i have left yeah, yeah but, but you treat him like crap yeah and like like he probably forgot kept forgetting Ben's birthday because he genuinely didn't care about Ben. But also at the same time, Ben's birthday is the anniversary of his wife's death. So maybe that's just what he associates Mm -hmm. with that day instead of Ben's birthday. So it's like nothing special on that day. It's just like, God, Emily wouldn't want you to treat her son like this? Are you kidding me? Is this how you, this is how you celebrate her life? Yeah. This is how you remember her? That's crap. That sucks. Roger sucks. <laughs> Roger does suck. Roger's the worst. So he's like, I want another $30,000 as hazard pay. And don't tell me that you don't have the money because Dharma Initiative is like, has mad bank, I guess. You have this giant island. Dude, if I was Horace, I'd fire him so fast. I'd be like, get off this freaking island and actually leave your kid. Right? You go. So Ben hears like a rattling and he's like, oh, it's just a branch. Roger throws Horace out. So he's like, get out of my house. And then Ben turns around, jump scare, sees a vision of his mother. And of course, he's obviously freaked out by this and like falls around. Maybe Horace didn't fire roger i mean it would be easier to like fire roger and then just like keep ben but like what if, that's what i think he should yeah, have done what if horace like didn't because of ben i bet i bet that's right no. yeah oh that probably is right i bet he was like ben is gonna be worse off yeah if he leaves this island. ben is if if roger is fired and he leaves he'll most likely take ben with him and ben is will have a better life here so do mm-hmm. it for Ben. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a really good mm-hmm. point. So Ben made like a giant racket in his room because he like fell over. And so Roger comes in and is like, I told you to go to bed. But when he turns around, his mom is gone. And he turns and look at the, looks at this old picture of her and Roger and cries. And um, she's wearing this blue dress in the picture, which is the blue dress that he keeps seeing a vision of her in. Very, um... Very Alice in Wonderlandy. Yeah, certainly because she has that blonde hair. Too. Especially with the bunny too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Oh yes. I got. I got some Ooh. big Wonderland vibes. Yeah, there's some stuff on Lostpedia about that. That's really good too. Ooh. Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I um. It, this is so crazy because they do such a good job of giving him so much humanity and then they take it away so quickly yeah it's really interesting i mean you know we see it because he's a child right so it's very easy for us to feel bad for him yeah but it's just very interesting how they show but basically they just do a really good job at showing his origin Mm -hmm. story cool motive still murder you know (laughs) okay i have thoughts on this so annie gives him a birthday present on the swing set that Saeed was just chained to. So now, you know, in present day, the others can't have children. So what is the point of this swing set now if not to, like, lock someone up? And it's also crazy to look at this and know that it's December on the island because it's so nice out. Wow. 
Must be nice. And she made wooden statues of them. And it's revealed in the Lost on Location that these were actually carved and painted by Jack Bender, who does oh. a lot of the a lot of art. Legend. And she's like, now we'll never be away from each other. Is that nice? Yes. But it's also, in my opinion, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, thanks. And that's the first thing that we've heard him say so far, as far as I understand. I think like as a child, oh, wow. obviously. Mm-hmm. It's the first first word he said. This show is very good at answering unanswered questions, but we never hear about Annie again. Okay, that was my thought too when he started gassing up the joint. Was like, what yeah. happened to Annie? But is it supposed to be implied that when she gives Ben the doll, saying like we'd never have to be away from each other, is it like her and like maybe her parents or like she like they're not right. needed on the island anymore and so they're leaving i think that she definitely did leave yeah i think she definitely left too because yeah. i think she Just depends was on when yeah i think she and i mean obviously horace didn't make him hesitate but i think yeah. she would have probably been the one to make him hesitate and stuff right so i wonder if she left right before then yeah so maybe she left but maybe not so there's it's either she left right after she gave him that or you know Candleman in the um, videos, I believe, has mentioned the incident already. We don't know a lot about it, but we have heard about it. So the other theory is that she left when the incident was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also never see the wooden statue again, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. So the, the, my thing is that I, I do have to complain a little about a bit about Annie. Because, like, we never even saw them get close enough yeah. to be upset when they're away from each other. Like, she's like, we never have to be away from each other. And it's like, you guys both live on this island. Are you away from each other very much and it makes you upset? <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just like, Annie, how? I'm just like, this kid is your best friend? I don't know. Yeah. I was just like, do you make wooden statues for everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where's, where's the plane on the playground, playing outside? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, hanging out together. I think I think she left right after that moment. And then that's... I think that's a really good point. I yeah. think that makes way more sense. It makes way more sense. And then why he started leaving, like, unraveling the ties to Dharma and all that stuff. Right. Going into yeah. the woods and all that stuff. Because it's like, what, what's the point anymore? Right. It's like he goes home. Roger says all this terrible crap to him. And he's just like, my best friend just left. And yeah. now I have no one. Yeah. In the commentary, they talk about how, like, important Annie is going to be. And how she's totally going to come back. But then it just never happens. They just never get around to it i guess they're like oops like i guess they had like at the end of season three when they recorded this these commentaries i guess they like had plans and they just didn't it just didn't shake out i wonder you might have to bleep this name but i wonder if they intended annie to be would that make sense I think that the character you are referring to is a little too young, but maybe they had meant for her to be older. Oh my god, she's way too young. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. All right, never mind. But only slightly, honestly. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Mm, I don't know. For anyone who has seen it before, we are talking about another little redheaded girl. Another little Dharma Initiative redheaded girl. Mm -hmm. So later, when they didn't get around to talking about Annie anymore. They had said that she wasn't important in the show, but she was just important in Ben's life, clearly. Hmm. And that Juliet was meant to be a proxy for her. Mm. And that's part of why he cares so much about Juliet. Interesting. I would like her to be a proxy for Alex. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Why like as that? a friend? Yeah, like no, like if it's if it if Annie or like if Juliet's a what I I don't know how which way the proxy goes. Um, mm-hmm. but if he Ben is caring for Juliet in the way that Annie is, I guess I guess because they're both friends. But like, why can't Alex be that way and him mm. have such a good relationship? But I think that also goes back to he had a crap father. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing with him and the fertility issues, it like he cares so much about it because his mom died in childbirth. Yeah. And part of like the reason why when Alex gets taken by Rousseau, like from Rousseau, he chooses to raise Alex himself because there are so few babies that are born on the island that he like doesn't want to like waste it, you know? Yeah. So he goes home that night because Roger just lets his kid go out whenever and doesn't care, I guess. But I mean, it's also very safe around there, I guess. But Roger's drunk, passed out. Ben starts taking off his shoes because he's like a good kid and just like wants to try and make his dad comfortable, I guess. Roger wakes up, sees the president. And at this point, he is in the uniform. We heard his name was Roger. Then we saw him get the uniform. And now he is in the uniform. At this point, you know he's the guy in the van. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. However... A little blooper here. Roger's Dharma logo on his jumpsuit is the Swans. The Swan Station wouldn't begin building for another four years. And as a janitor, he would have no access or knowledge of the Swan. So that one's just like, that's a prop error. I yes. think that's a new yeah. 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 So Roger's like, oh yeah, I forgot it was your birthday. I hope that all the kids at school celebrated for him. Right? Like brought in cookies or cupcakes. You know, like that's how Annie knew. Um, And he's like, oh, it's hard to celebrate the day that you killed your mom. That's an inside thought. Yeah. Well, I and mean. That's, and that's something that Ben already feels bad about, surely. Yeah. There's there's always, I mean, not like a saying, but people sometimes say that, like, people truly say what they're thinking only two times. When they're drunk. When they're yeah. drunk and when they're mad. Yeah. You know? So those are definitely inside thoughts. And Roger is both of those things at that moment. Yeah. But also, like, children are really impressionable. Like, you're a crap person for doing that because there's so many, like, he's still learning and there's so many things going through his mind and just being an awful person to him is just like, ugh. Oh, yeah, that stuff's gonna stick with him forever. His mind is developing. It's one thing to say, oh, it's hard to celebrate on on the day that your mom died. And it's another thing to say the day you killed your mom. You killed your mom. Those were his words. Like... He's like, the first thing I ever did was be a murderer. Yeah. Yikes. That's what you're telling him? Cool. You you, That's something you should never say out loud, ever. Yeah, no. Especially to have those thoughts to yourself, but you don't say those to your child. Yeah. It's your birthday. Sorry, I forgot. Kind of hard to celebrate on the day you killed your mom. She was just seven months pregnant. We went for a hike. But you had to come early. Now, she's gone. And I'm stuck here on this island with you. God. Happy birthday, Ben. On the commentary, Damon said that this moment had to happen. It had to be said or else Ben would seem more evil when he killed him later. Uh, 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 all right. Fair enough. <laughs> He's just trying to make him, him 
like Ben feel more justified, I guess. And yeah. he also said that this emotional trauma is meant to hurt worse than if Roger hit him. He never ever yeah. actually abuses Ben physically, but he sure does abuse him psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's so mentally abusive. 100%. But, you know, cool motive. Still murder. Yeah. So he says, oh, she was just seven months pregnant and you came early on our hike and now I'm stuck on this island with you. As if that makes it worse. And why were y'all on a hike when she was seven months pregnant? You didn't have to go to the island. You're not even taking, but you're not even taking care of him hardly. Yeah. What's your, what are your, <sighs> he just takes any excuse to complain about anything. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Emily Linus would never want you to treat him this way. And you are dishonoring her memory by treating him like this. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Like we didn't get to know Emily, but she would not have tolerated that. Yeah. I think she would have been a really good mom. Yeah, I agree. So he says, anyway, happy birthday. This sucks. This sucks. This makes me really sad and bad. Honestly, this feels sort of like a nature versus nurture thing. Do you guys think that Ben would be the same person he is now if his dad wasn't so terrible? I don't know about that. Mm. I think if Ben had a healthy relationship, I think if his mom never died, that would have changed absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. He never would have become who he is. Never would have done the things that he's done. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I I don't know, but I kind of want to say nurture. Like, I feel like if he just had someone to, like, care about him or, like, make Dharma seem interesting or more important, you know, because, like, there's no, he had no roots, no family, no happiness yeah. tied to Dharma. Yeah. So then he left, you know, because he was angry. So, like, I don't know, maybe if things went nicer then maybe he wouldn't have gone to the others so soon possibly yeah. i don't know yeah maybe he would have gone eventually so he runs out crying he goes to the fence he hears the whispers i looked at the transcript for the whispers and um here are the ones that i thought were like of interest Ooh. one of them said did you hear about him uh one of them said tell him that you're his mother and another one said help us come through the fence Oh my god. So those were the creepiest The ones. whisper transcripts are my favorite things. I know. I'm just like, I have no idea where they get them. And even when there's like audio clips of them, I'm like, I can't hear that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So after he hears those whispers, then his mom appears. After it's saying, tell him that you're his mom, then mom appears. Oh, that's crazy. And... Emily is played by Michael Emerson's actual real-life wife, Carrie Preston. Aww. And he specifically asked for her to be cast as his mom, (laughs) which is a little weird, but hey, why not? He wanted her to be in a role that had something to do with his character, I think. And so I I think it's sweet. Yeah. Yes, this is what she was wearing in the picture that he has of her. And he almost runs through, which which would have been really bad and probably killed him. Because even if it wasn't on lethal levels, Mikhail was a full-blown adult and that would probably have killed the child. Yeah. So she stops him, tells him not to. And she says, it's not time yet. And he cries out for her, but she leaves and he like goes and runs back to his house. Yeah. And it's a scene where Sterling is very, very good at. So he goes back with the deactivation code, which is 54. Four, five four four three nine. Some math person on Lostpedia said five four four three nine is seven times seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven. Okay. And seven seven was the code to be entered at the flame in case of a hostile incursion. That feels like a little bit of a stretch, but you go. Possibly, but I mean, <laughs> props. Yeah, exactly. So it works and he tests it with his rabbit. I would rather die than put my pet in danger like that. Are you kidding me? I have a huge thing to talk about that. Okay. I feel like that's such a peak 
into like what's to come mm. because like he cares for this rabbit obviously because he's taking care Ooh. of it but even though the light's green right he put in the code the light's green he can hear that the noise is off he's like let me try it though not with me but with this bunny and he's like yeah. willing to risk this other life for his you know so it ha- does it and it happens so it's like it it's probably off there's a green light you can't hear the noise anymore a safe bet would say that it's off but it's like a just in case let me put this other life on the line oh but yeah. you know what i was right he's already putting his life ahead of other exactly lines. he's already yeah. putting his life ahead of this rabbits and he he picks it up again so obviously it's like it's like thank you you're like it might be because he cares about the rabbit but it also might be like you might be important to me later than if i just leave you yeah the rabbit is fully just chilling in that bag while he talks to richard (laughs) yeah fully he's like who's who are we talking to man can i peek yeah but no i think that's such a peek into uh like him playing with pawns with other people's lives and putting his life ahead of other one uh, other lives i'm just like we were just talking about the wildlife how would you feel if your rabbit got to the other side and was fine but then got snatched up by a wolf like yeah (laughs) please be careful so but it works he goes through gets the rabbit and on uh lostpedia it said Young Ben's bag that he takes with him when he meets Richard is a fossil. You can see the tag when he puts his rabbit in it. Fossil brand was founded in 1984. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) The reason why this episode has so many like uh, actually things in it is because it is flashing back to a significantly farther back time, you know, which is why there are so many of them in stranger things because it's an actual period piece and so when they're doing flashbacks to actual like an actual period back farther then people are like that's inaccurate Mm. um also like casey said this is a reference to alice in wonderland and ben following a white rabbit through the fence effectively leaving the realm he knows is yet another reference to the books by lewis carroll yeah i think it's very interesting that the two ref two like movie pop culture references like that's kind of like one's fully implied and one's other being implied that like alice in wonderland and wizard of oz is someone following a path in like Mm. a in a world that they do not know Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Damon said on the commentary, and I think this was a joke, but he said that Ben's experimentation with rabbits might also be about the fertility problem. <laughs> but I am pretty sure he was kidding. I be a stretch. <laughs> so he calls for his mom some more. He hears a little bit more whispers. Richard is here and he has like long hair and immediately you're really like, huh? what? He looks the same. So this is the first time we're actually like, uh, wait. Hold uh-huh. up. Um, this is also the first and only time, this episode is the first and only time that he's seen in an outfit like this. We even do flashbacks earlier to him and he's not in an outfit like this. Okay. Like he's in his normal like uh, dress shirt even earlier than this. So I'm not really sure why he's wearing this to be honest. Yeah. Richard probably watched Ben grow up and now he's getting like barking orders from him. Um, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's like, hey, kid, uh, sorry, are you lost? And Ben's like, are you a hostile? And he's like, do you even know what that word means? And I'm like, he's not five. He's like 12 or 13. He knows what the word hostile means. So he's like, what's your name? And Ben is like, don't patronize me, sir. 
I'm Ben. He's like, okay, well, Ben, what are you doing here all by yourself in the middle of the jungle? He's like, I'm looking for my mom. You think your mom is in the jungle? <laughs> here in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> he's like, wow, you are a stupid kid. Uh, Are you sure? And he's like, no, she's dead. And he's like, okay, did she die here? This is a very important question that we will talk about in the spoiler section. Yep. And he says, no, she died when I was a baby. And he's like, well, did you see her here? And he's like, yeah, we talked. <laughs> Yeah, we're friends, Richard. She said that I couldn't come here and that it wasn't time yet. And he's like, okay, sounds like she was right, kid. Go home. And he's like, I don't want to go home. I don't like it. Please let me come with you. Okay, so we can't be that close to Annie, right? Unless she like left immediately after that. And he's like, I have nothing to live for. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, maybe we can do that if that's what you want. You really think about it. Uh, You have several years to think about it. And just be like super patient about it, please. Mm -hmm. Patience is key. And he is. I have another thing to add. Mm -hmm. When You know, when Ben says that he was born on this island, obviously, based on the facts, that is a lie. He was not born on the island. Yeah. But could it be that he was, like, born on the island as, like, a rebirth? Or, like... Yes, he was reborn on the... Very good, yes. He Mm. was reborn on the island where, like, he grew up with the others and, like, now he can see, like, clearly and that, like, he was brought up here. But, like, you know, like, the Ben that he used to know that was off the island is is gone. We don't talk about him. So this Ben that you're seeing now, he was born on the island. Mm-hmm. So it's more of, like, a mental meaning, like, more spiritual. Yeah, it's like Locke says in, in season one, everybody gets a new life here. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the facts specifically, he was not born on the island. But I think, you know, that this Ben was born on the island. Benjamin. Yeah. <gasps> Benjamin was not born on the island. Ben. Ben Ben was was born on the island. Yeah. So we have adult Ben now, and this is 12 years before the present. I'm sorry, that was 12 years before the present? Yeah. How long does a body decompose? Those are all skeletons. Like... Yeah. How long? How? Yeah. How long does a body decompose? I mean, 12 years is a very long time, but I'm also not a... Callie, you're the one who watches Bones. I do. Tell me. But I, I, (laughs) I watch for the plot. The science is yeah. really cool about it and how they find it, but like <laughs> I watch for the plot. The plot. The plot. Just... By plot, I mean it's just the beautiful people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so Ben is also working as a workman. <laughs> which makes me sad because I feel like he like wasted his potential, you know? Oh yeah. Like he could have done something else. Not that not that not that sanitation engineers aren't very important. But I feel like if Ben was getting this like fantastic education that he was supposed to have been getting, maybe he didn't happened? maybe he didn't want to, so then he could fly under the radar. I was gonna say, yeah. maybe like Horace tried to get him involved in like more intense stuff, but he just didn't want to like yeah. get more involved. And so Ben has these glasses on. He has glasses on as a child and he has glasses on here. Does he just like wear contacts now or does he or can Ben canonically just not see all the time? I would like to believe that he just cannot see. (laughs) He's just everything's blurry. And that's why he thought he saw Jacob. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So he looks at the time and his like doll from Annie, who we do not see as an adult and no one ever knows what happens to her. And he brings that with him for some reason. I don't. I just think yep. the dolls are weird. I'm sorry. I think the dolls are weird and it's weird that they never get brought up again. It's very yeah. weird that they don't get brought up again. Although I had never considered that she left immediately after she gave him that gift. And that feels a little less weird now. Everything feels less weird about Annie if I think about that she left right after giving him those gifts. I think that was a really good idea. Oh yeah, my next note was just, I think these dolls are weird. If anyone has a defense for these dolls, I'd like to hear it. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so we have older Roger now too, and he's putting beer in the back of the van. And immediately you're like, oh my God, there's the van. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. how we're going to mm-hmm. figure out how Roger got into the van and figure out what happened. And Roger's like, what's your problem? Like, you usually talk a lot in the morning. Calls him Chatty Cathy, which is the name of a doll first manufactured by the Mattel Corporation in 1959. Cathy notably spoke 11 set phrases when a string was pulled and was a revolutionary for her time. But I think that's funny because he's like, oh, you usually talk so much. And he's like, maybe I'm reverting to my childhood self because I hate you. <laughs> I like can't imagine him talking yeah. to his dad that much. But yeah. So he's like, well, it's my birthday and you forgot again. And Roger's like, oh, OK, well, let's run this stuff to the Pearl. So they're bringing the and, and I was like, Are you, you're bringing the beer to the Pearl. Like, do you get to did the people at the Pearl get to drink on the job while they watch TV and write notes? Like, that seems impar- important to not be intoxicated. Yeah, a little bit. But then I realized that he was like. It's like something else that they're bringing up to the Pearl and the the beer, the entire flat of beer is just for Roger. Oh, I didn't clock that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like he's like, we'll go to the Mesa after we drop this stuff off off at the Pearl. We find all of those beers in the back of that van. So he certainly didn't give it to the people at the Pearl. Nope. Oh, nope. (laughs) <laughs> so then so they're like we'll go up to the mesa oh on laspedia it said the beer can that roger drinks from just before ben kills him bears the swan logo despite roger previously saying he was delivering the van's contents to the pearl station and i don't know why the swan logo is all over this place when it's not supposed to have really mm-hmm. well i guess it would have been made by now but um still weird for them to have the logo on it i'm like okay so you're gonna get drunk and then drive back Woo. this is bad but anyway ben's like sure that sounds good please do not do that anyway. yeah don't do that don't do that It's my birthday. I don't know why I keep fooling myself into thinking that one of these years you're actually going to remember. Well, I'll tell you what. All we got to do this morning is run this stuff out to Pearl Station. Why don't we go up to the Mesa, drink some beers. Have some... I don't know, father and son time. I'd like that. Okay. Uh, so they ride out to the Mesa. We have Shambhala playing, and that played in Treasure Tanaka is Dead when they got it to turn on because it was the last thing playing before it was shut off. Ah. So he's like, well, this place sure is beautiful, which uh, Richard said the same thing last episode. Roger honestly seems like he's like kind of improved as a person, so it makes me feel kind of bad that he dies. Yeah, it's like... Like, he's not perfect, but he seems like better it's, yeah cool moto still murder yeah <laughs> precisely yeah they also do a very good job at aging him ben's full lifetime i was gonna say throughout the episode yeah yeah they did really good with that. He, he looks very good i would say like they do the same thing with horace but roger looks very they do a very good job with roger yeah very realistic yeah so he's like dad do you really blame me for mom's death like actually do you blame me and he goes and eh, what do I know? So that means, so, so to me, that means, yes, I do think that, but it doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. He's not giving like a definitive answer. And it's like, I don't care if it's true. I care if you think that. Yeah. So Ben keeps looking down at his watch. It's 4 p.m., which of course is important. And also in 24 hour, like in a 24 hour clock, 4 p.m. is 16 o'clock. Oh. Ah, yeah. And it also, they really go into the details on this one. It clicks from four o'clock 15 seconds to 16 seconds. Oh, like right in that shot. So they really did that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it was 4:15. Like 4. 
and then 15 seconds. Yeah, like 4 o'clock and then 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, why you keep looking at your watch? You got like a date or something? Listen, I'm sorry. I'll try and remember your birthday next year. This is never a problem for me because I never shut up about my birthday. Like a whole month beforehand, I don't shut up about it. So nobody could ever forget mine. Absolutely. And so he's like, oh, that's okay, dad. It's not going to happen. And he unzips his bag. Listen, I've missed mom too, maybe just as much as you because I never even got her. But I've had to put up with you this whole time. You keep saying, oh, I'm here with you. I have to put up with you. I have to put up with you. Uh-huh. Which required a lot of patience. So he puts on his gas mask. He says, goodbye, gas canister. On last PETA, it said, the gas grenade prop Ben uses in the van is a repainted ALSG272CS smoke grenade. And it's the same grenade that was used in Left Behind. But the can is repainted. It's the same can, but it's oh. but it's painted over. Um, So he's seizing and retching and then he dies. And he's like clawing at Ben's mask and he's like watching him die. You could not catch me watch someone die. Nope. Especially like this. Actually, I I had a point with that because like my whole thing is that like, like, why does he stay in the car is my whole thing. Like, that's a bit psychotic. But also at the same time, I noticed that he he doesn't really look like he avoids eye contact as much as he can. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He avoids eye contact. He like looks straight forward or looks down. So like he could probably see him in his peripherals maybe but like he avoids eye contact so at some you know like it's not he's not crazy like watching him but like he's still still in the car which is crazy but he's avoiding eye contact he's not looking at his dad it's like after you after you pull that pin you can't take it back yeah you can't yeah it could have been probably so easy for him to not do it and just say like go like leave never Mm -hmm. like go somewhere on the island that someone can never find you because it's just one guy and he has a vehicle right yeah it would have been so for him to be so easy to be like leave yeah but yeah once you pull that pin uh you can't go back yeah um on lastpedia it said ben killed his father on his own birthday therefore both of his parents died on his birthday oh very true oh my god and both deaths deaths occur more or less because of him because of him Oh my god. That's true. I did not even realize that. It also says both Locke and Ben had their fathers killed to join the others. And then he shot Locke on his birthday, leaving him to die. Yeah, he did. Oh my god, he did, didn't he? Or like, kind of the next day, maybe, but still. Oh my god. Oh yeah, maybe the Oh yeah, probably the next day, yeah. Yeah. Dang, but still close. Yeah. So Ben walks back. Long walk. Um, all the way back from the Mesa. On Lostpedia, it said, During the scene of Ben approaching the barracks after he murders his father, the microphone can clearly be seen reflecting in the glass visor of his gas mask. Huh. Oops. I didn't even notice. So he sees all the Dharma people dead. Um, in the Lost on location, they told, like, all the background actors. They they said this to the background actors. Lay completely still, please. As best you can, you are dead. (laughs) (laughs) They did a great job. And I thought that was funny. How toxic is this gas that it does not need to be contained in a closed room? right yeah they must have sent in a lot of, a lot of gas canisters a lot of gas canisters because like yeah. usually i mean obviously i'm not like a chemist and i don't specifically know how that works but nine times out of ten a de- gas needs to be contained yeah in a room so it's like that's an intense gas or like they had just like a bunch of gas canisters for like yeah. people outside to die so we see horace on the bench he goes and closes horace's eyes because he always liked horace Horace and was very nice to him. I always, I my thought was, did he do that instead of like, because we don't see him do that for Roger, because like, I mean, I guess we don't know, but did he do that because Horace was, you know, Horace was always nice to him, but also at the same time, does he see Horace as a father figure instead of Roger? 
Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't have done more to save Horace, but I guess Horace was never going to be, like, okay with the hospitals. Yeah, right. He he just wasn't possible. Horace never would have gone along with it. In Enter 7-7, Mikhail talked about the purge, and this is it. Oh, that's what he was talking about. So Richard and the others show up. Richard takes off his mask to... And yes, okay, we're good. We're safe. They probably waited for quite a while. And the others start taking the bodies away. And we see where in the island storyline, obviously. Richard says, do you want us to go get his body? He says, nope, leave him. So I guess the van rolled off into the jungle and he like rotted in the van. Bummer. And that is what happened. Do you think Ben pushed it? off maybe maybe he went back and like gave it a kick yeah like on like no like on his way to walk back maybe he was like oh maybe maybe he like pushed it well we know he didn't turn it on because otherwise shambhala would be yeah yeah so maybe he just kind of like put that baby into neutral and just like rolled it off so then (laughs) it's just like i don't you know yeah Yeah. don't have to know exactly where it is just roll it off into a hill maybe it'll i don't know it'll go somewhere perfect so now it's time for segments woohoo uh, so our first segment is our favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Ben and Locke for... This is not a man you go and see. This is a man who summons you. Well, I guess there's a first time for everything. <laughs> Sassy Locke is my favorite Locke. He's great. And my favorite line award goes to Ben for... You do remember birthdays, don't you, Richard? Richard's like, are you calling me old? <laughs> My favorite line award goes to Ben and Locke uh, for... And you're a liar. And what might you base that theory on, John? Because if you were telling the truth, your hand wouldn't be shaking. Ooh, that's so good. Uh, Our next segment is Man of Science, Man of Faith. And today we're talking about Ben. Man of Science, Man of Faith. I say man of faith because he believes so much in Jacob. I I was almost going to say... I was going to say science. Uh, as as I say every episode, it's both. And that's what's important. Yeah. I was almost going to say science too, just because he's so like methodical about like in the in the flashback. Yeah. I think the... He's very calculating. But and he learns about volcanoes. But... Science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a volcanic scientist, you know? So he is a man of science. Yeah. If you're talking about how, like, I, like, a lot of times it's both, like, Man of Science and Man of Faith. Yeah. But if you guys are talking about how methodical Ben is in the flashback, that is true. But because I'm on the Man of, si- uh, man of Faith side right now because of his faith in Jacob, may I point out that he has so much faith in whatever this being that his dead that his dead mom is seeing so he's like just like yeah. follows her oh, and yeah. like yeah, listens yeah. to her yeah and he puts his faith in richard he put yeah too. he puts his faith in richard he puts yeah. his faith into his the embodiment of his dead mom he puts his faith into jacob he's very methodical but he puts his faith into a yeah. lot of people that it's always both. for some reason he can't see <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. always both so the next segment is hurley's walkman so shambhala the three dog night song shambhala plays again as ben and roger drive out to the overlook tying back to the song's appearance in trisha tanaka is dead the song is about a mythical kingdom called called shambhala which can be considered a metaphor for a spiritual path one might follow and we also have sawyer's book corner 
Um, the Golden Book Encyclopedia. Uh, Young Ben has 13 volumes of this set of children's encyclopedias on his bookshelf. And the 13th volume is entitled Rabbits to Signaling. Wow. Rabbits. Hmm. Also, The Colwood Way. This book was on the shelf in the Dharma classroom when the hostiles attack. Though this scene is set in the 1970s, this book was actually not published until 2000. Um, oh. So that one was a that one was a big oops, that one. Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. Yes, uh, Locke once again says the name once. You are the man behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz. How many episodes since the last knockout? Locke, once again, <laughs> Locke is the reason for the knockout. He knocks out Mikhail, which he has done in the past for the knockout counter. Mm-hmm. Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? Absolutely not. No way. Uh, women don't don't know them. Yeah, I don't even know a woman. Don't even know one. For a dollar, name yeah. a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Uh, and thank you to my roommate Emily for hanging out in her room while we did this. Um, thank you to my dog for only barking a little bit. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Any other thank yous? Thank you to my mother for trying to keep her chill, but she's very excited because my sister is engaged. Yay! Ooh. Thank you to my mom who has finished supper and is upstairs waiting for me. Wait, that's my mom's name. <gasps> <You're> n- <laughs> oh my gosh. Your mom's name is my mom. Yeah. Yep. If you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. Um, we did seasons four to seven as they were airing. And now we're going back to do the good old days, starting with season three and ending with season one. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we do that one too. Um, we have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale. And uh, as this one comes out, we will be uh, actively uh, covering season six. So check that out. You don't have to watch Riverdale to listen. Wow. Uh, And also, we also have one for Stranger Things. Uh, We are all caught up for that one, too. When this comes out, which I believe is the beginning of May. Hey, new Stranger Things this month. So get going and catch up on our pod. Oh, my God. That's huge. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, um, mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So check those out. Like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really expensive. And if you want to check out Callie's uh, prints um, that we were mentioning um, after we talked about Patreon halfway through, information about that will be in the description. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C A S E Y Watches TV. Watches TV. You can see. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to Callie for joining us this episode. Yay! You're welcome. I always love coming and talking because uh, I talk a lot. Join us yeah. anytime. Uh, yeah. And remind us where we can follow you. Uh, you can follow me at Callie Nicole Photo on Instagram mainly. Uh, but I also have a Facebook, I have a TikTok, and now I have like a Pinterest. I'm going to be posting on TikTok, hopefully more. I have drafts, so. <laughs> Next episode is episode 321. It is Greatest Hits. I've been waiting for this one. And um, our guest is going to be my other roommate, Sam. Yes, at Sam Casey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's had this one uh, called for quite a while. So I'm excited to talk about it. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Stop in the name of spoilers.
dog is super in the way right now. My iPad is not a pillow. He said a bit. Okay, so we're gonna start with spoilers for the beach storyline. I'm not sure if I actually have any. I don't think I have any spoilers for the beach storyline, honestly. Yeah, I don't have any spoilers for the beach storyline. Not really. No. Okay, spoilers for the island storyline, the Jacob stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ben says... Uh, Richard doesn't know where Jacob is. Richard doesn't talk to Jacob. Ironically, <laughs> Richard is the only one who actually has talked to Jacob. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah. I just had a whole thing with, like, in the cabin. Like, it, was that oh, actually yeah. Jacob? Like, was Jacob just, like, a random... Like, isn't he just a random guy with like some properties of like listening to the island and stuff but mib is the main one that has like can do craziness right i was gonna say isn't that like mib's cabin yeah we see mib in this cabin later with claire Mm -hmm. when he is fronting as christian um so that makes me feel like it is mib's cabin yeah like are we meant to believe that's where that's where he just chills yeah yeah i do think i think it's funny that ben is like you know, pretending that Jacob's talking to him and he like knowing that he is actually making up all of this is very funny. And I think he's doing actually like a pretty good job. Is that why he looks so shocked? Is that maybe when, like Yeah, I think so. I don't think he expected this. When stuff is happening because he's like he's like, Oh, I found a random shed in the you know, woods. Let me use it for my manipulation and then but how does he know that like he doesn't like light? You know? Well, I think that Ben has been to this cabin before. Like, he clearly goes right there. Yeah. Later, we keep seeing Hurley find this cabin by accident. So I think it appears when you're looking for it. And even when you're Uh, not looking for it, sometimes it appears. But, like, the voice that says, help me, doesn't even sound anything like the actual Jacob that we get. Obviously, because they haven't cast uh, Mark Pellegrino yet. But I, I think it's meant to be MIB think okay so the ash around the circle my whole thing is that is it meant to keep mib out or in or is it just supposed to be like ooh? that's a good question it does come back in like season five and six i think but i can't remember what the point is i can look it up in a sec um but my last spoiler that i had for this storyline was just that if i had to wait several episodes thinking that Locke was dead i would have gone insane like, like for like weeks thinking that Locke had just died, I would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I will just look up that Ash thing real quick if anybody has any anything else for that storyline. Um, I'm just checking. Oh, yeah. My my other thing was that like if, if the person that's in the chair, if it's Jacob or MIB or like Christian as MIB, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, my whole thing is that like isn't Jacob just like a regular dude just with like insights? Okay. I've got stuff on the cabin. Okay. So later we see, like, Locke has this vision of Horace building the cabin. So the cabin was a rustic wooden structure on the island built by Horace Goodspeed during the time of the Dharma Initiative. The cabin has... (sighs) has had a connection to Jacob and has appeared in different locations on the island. Ben brought Locke here ostensibly to meet Jacob and later when visiting the cabin, Alana stated that Jacob had not been there in a long time and that someone else had been using it. The cabin was destroyed in 2007 when her group proceeded to burn it to the ground. It appears the cabin was constructed sometime prior to the purge by Horace Goodspeed as the means for him, his wife, and supposedly his son Ethan to get away from the day-to-day bustle of the Dharma Initiative as the blueprints of the cabin were found on his body in the mass grave. This may suggest the building was never quite finished. So Locke goes and finds his body in the mass grave in Cabin Fever in season four. Okay. Um, And then let me see if I can find something about the ash. 
Yeah. Arriving that night, they first encountered a line of ash around the cabin and stepped carefully over it before approaching the cabin. I think it says what the point of the ash is, other than like layout ash circle. Several instances, individuals arriving at the cabin have discovered a line of gray ash that appeared to encircle the building. Ben appeared to regard the line with caution in stepping over it, but made no comment as to its purpose. The line appeared to be intact in all occasions when it was found in 2004, but it was seen to be broken in 2007 when Alana's group arrived at the cabin. Bram noticed the break and reacted with some measure of alarm. So, like, it's, I think it's some sort of, like... Protection measure. Protection or ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. But, yeah, can we move on to uh, flashback spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I I had... The other thing that, because we were talking about, like, like I was talking about how, like, the island is moving. So, like, maybe they couldn't oh, yes. find the bodies because the island was moving. And then I remembered that the person faked, like, the, the, oh, yeah, the crash landing because Lapidus. And the yes. next thing is that it's like, I was supposed to fly it. And that's not, like, the actual person. Yeah, Charles Woodmore did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought about that. I was like, it was like, if we don't know that yet, then it could be like, you know, when the plane goes down, the island moves. So they're like looking at the last known correspondence to this plane, but they can't find any wreckage. But yeah, yeah. and then Charles Whitmore shows up and decides to be a jerk about it. Yeah. So in the Candleman thing, well, I can call him Pierre Chang, Pierre Chang now, but it said on Lastpedia, when the barracks video is shown, Pierre Chang doesn't move his left arm, suggesting that he has a prosthetic arm, which is like a theory. Um, but this video was shot before the incident that left him without a left arm. However, Chang is not seen long, seen long in the video. The parts the audience don't see may have Chang moving his arm. So basically people are like, oh, why he shouldn't have his prosthetic yet. But it doesn't say that he necessarily does have the prosthetic Uh yet. Yeah. Okay, Olivia, she's supposedly Horace's wife. She has a wedding ring on, but she's never seen again other than this episode. And then later in the 70s in season five, he marries Amy. Oh, huh. So I don't know what happened to Olivia. Sister wives. Maybe. I don't know. Divorce. Also, there are a lot of kids here, and I feel like we don't really see this many kids in, in season five when we're here. Yeah, like ever again. Okay, as for talking about Radzinski, in season five, the casting call of Radzinski claimed he was in his 40s to 50s. This cut line when he says the Radzinski kid suggests that Radzinski was a kid to Roger, which implied that this character was initially supposed to be much younger before he was cast. Mm. Ben sees a vision of his mom, but this isn't, it's not supposed to be MIB because her body isn't on the island. So I believe that the vision of his mom is Jacob. I think that the vision is Jacob, but the cabin is is MIB. MIB. Okay. Because the vision is like, no, Ben, don't do this. And is like trying to protect him. Can, is that, can Jacob do that? I think Jacob can do just about anything. He shows up as Walt. He shows up as. uh, Oh, he shows up as, oh, that's Walt. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I think, and I, but I do think that he helps Walt. So, like, it may actually be partially part actually Walt because okay. Walt is so special, but it, yeah. it's hard to. Because I had a question out. about that because his, his mom's body isn't on the island, so it can't be MIB. Yeah. But, which like, is why only... Richard asks about it. Yeah. And they, you know, they show him it with such humanity as a child. And then in season five, it's explained why he's so bad is because he, like, almost died because of Saeed and then he was taken to the temple, which took away like his innocence or something i think was the thing but like it's just crazy because ben is evil ben because of saeed you know mm-hmm. what happened happened right and saeed in trying to prevent ben from ever doing anything and trying to kill baby hitler Made was the reason hitler. why he became yeah. so evil you yeah. know like you know when they when they say would you kill would you go back in time and kill baby hitler you know what i mean yeah the swings that annie and ben are on are the same swings that dan talks to little charlotte on in season five yeah 
Um, so she's like around. She's younger than Ben, but she's around. Mm-hmm. Richard asking about uh, if she was if she died here. Isabella is seen on the island in Abiturno, but she didn't die on the island. So that is MIB when he's having like, when he's seeing her in the ship and MIB's trying to get him to do stuff. But then later when Hurley talks, when Isabella talks through Hurley, that's just Hurley's powers. That's not Jacob I don't, or MIB. I don't yeah, care. I think right. that's just Hurley's powers. Um, okay. This is the only actual Ben flashback in the whole show because everything past here is flash forward or like straight up time travel they give us his entire life story in this one episode they sure do that's phenomenal incredible and so my last note and if you guys have any other notes let me know i have i have one last note yeah okay um in my last note in the commentary damon discusses richard and ben like the dalai lama and the Panchen Lama. So the Panchen Lama chooses the next Dalai Lama, basically. So it's like Richard chooses the next leader. And then this was finally like his big thing that he had to do to earn it. Like Ben's big thing that he had to do to earn being the leader. And Locke's doing the same thing. And it's his is also killing his father. Mm-hmm. And mm. I was I was editing the last... I did my notes for this episode and then I was finishing editing the next episode or the the last episode that we recorded. And Istra was talking about how um, like the toy choosing that we see him do in, I believe, Cabin Fever, where Richard brings like those things and then uh, Locke as a child has to choose one. Mm -hmm. Istra was like, that's like what happens with the Dalai Lama. So Damon clearly and a season later brought his whole Dalai Lama thing forward into doing like more metaphor and symbolism, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Cal, what was your last note? My last note was that um, I noticed that like, cause like Richard takes off his mask off first, right? Yeah. Is it because he's the leader or like he just can't die or like he hoped that he maybe like would die or like maybe like risked it? Cause it like, it could go either way. You know, he's like, I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure that I can't die. So let me take my mask off first, but I don't think I'll die. But also at this point, maybe, maybe that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's immortal in the way that he cannot die. I think that if someone stabbed him, he would die. Oh, okay. Because like when he doesn't die in season six and he he like tries to blow himself up, um, he doesn't die because Jack is there and Jack is a candidate and Jacob won't let Jack die. Right. So I'm pretty sure that Richard could die. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I think you're right though. I think that he just does it because he's the leader. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my whole thing. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was the case, that if yeah. he was just like immortal. But like my whole thing was that it's like, did he do it? Because he was like, you know, I'm the leader. Or like, could he be like, well, you know, at this point, it kind of like worked for me. Yeah. All right. Are we good to go, my friends? I think so. I think so. All right. Cal, thanks so much for joining us once again. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if you guys want to check out Callie's social media and all the stuff about her prints and stuff, check out the description. Uh, if you want to follow me or Casey, information's in the description. Also, The Aficionados at The Aficionados, our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Aficionados. And we love you. And thank you so much for listening. This podcast is my pride and joy, and I have every intention of finishing it. Thank you so much. Yay. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Do you even know what that word means?